Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm permeated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Holy Malinaji, Peter Cards, Brooklyn to the world, Peter. Yeah. What episode? 48. 48. Customarily, we always ask Peter Cards what episode we're at, and we're at 48. We're going to get to the point where we're going to get to such a high number at one point that I don't know if you're going to be able to count that high. Can I you count that high? No, really. We're getting to the point where our if fans are keeping us in business, kid. If we, if we at go a certain to number, I'm going to have to start asking Seth what, right. what number we're up to, right? Yeah, I got the, I'm the fact checker. Fact yeah. checker, and you can count probably a little to a little higher number than Peter, right? I, mean, I can count to seventy-two. Seventy-two. Yeah, right. if so we go into a new that contract, that gives us like till about Christmas, <laughs> right? If we go into a new contract, I'm gonna need help. Yeah. We got a couple guests today. Go ahead, Peter. Introduce the guests. My man, the young god. Yup. Tyg sixty-three on the gram. I'm just a little depressed right now. My father what? said I gotta go to strength and conditioning <laughs> at one thirty tomorrow. <laughs> he just he just fought on Saturday. He just Andrew fought Woodcott. on he's Saturday. He's gotta do strength conditioning tomorrow. I gotta tell you, that's a motiva- That's motivation. I don't know if the father's more motivated than you, though. <laughs> no, I mean, I was in the gym today, but uh, of course, yeah. he just came from the gym. And of course, what do we got, Pete? Who else? Who else is here? Nikki Lupo. Boom. Nikki Lupo's in don't the t- house. Don't sound too excited about Nikki's present. Nikki, yeah, he doesn't sound too I don't excited. Know. The point I that I make, I sound some... a little bit funny, right? It's yeah, like, a little bit. A little bit. Hey, Nikki I... Lupo's in the house. Does anybody, hey, see, hey, anybody see Nikki? I took care Nikki of him in Cali. I don't He's know. He's fed up. He's fed I got up. A, I got him in the airport when Steven Seagal was looking for Bobby Lupo. Alpha Justice. We're going to make a Nikki Lupo. Anybody see Nikki? Oh, Richie. That's what Richie Lupo. You killed Bobby Lupo. Bobby Lupo. He killed Bobby. Anybody Lupo. seen Richie? That's what it is, bro. You know what it is? Anybody the movie's years old. Richie I forgot. I forget Lupo. the nuts. These guys are my fact checkers, Peter and uh, Seth Nyman. <laughs> fact checkers <laughs> for my my classic movies. Alpha Justice is another classic movie. Yeah, this is Steven Seagal. This was a, that was actually shot in Bensonhurst, right? Fact. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody, everybody out there got to check out Alpha Justice. It was probably made before you were born, but uh, it was shot in Bensonhurst. No, it was actually from like 1990, so it was actually classic Bensonhurst footage. And maybe uh, before me and Nick. Before were born. you and yeah, Nick were born, yeah. But back when Bensonhurst was actually cool, <laughs> not like it is now. So, but uh, yeah, you Alpha actually, Justice. You you're the only one that wasn't in Oakland with us. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah you aren't. We I had a blast. Yeah, yeah we yeah. did. I got I got Pete to the airport. You did, you yeah, did. We're gonna get into all that, but right. right now, you know, I, I got like a couple, a little bit of rant in the glass. I just came from watching the Germany versus Italy friendly over at Via della Pace VDP. Shout out to Gio Bartocci Gio. VDP, uh, feeding us, keeping me fat, and uh, watching the Germany Italy game in, in a depressive state. Uh, they beat us like we stole something, guys. <laughs> they the, the the defending world champions. I mean, you would Italy looks nothing like anything I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I haven't seen Italy get their ass kicked like this so bad since the uh, opening game of Euro 2008 when Holland beat the shit out of us. When we had uh, an incompetent AD coach in us, so Roberto Donadoni. Uh, Conte is actually a good coach. I just think he's not, like half ass in the job because he just took the Chelsea job. And that happens, I think, when guys just start taking jobs before the season, their run is over with one team. They stop caring. The players stop caring. Bro, it was horrible. I mean, is defend, it like- def- us, if you put us... Us right here, me, Peter, Nikki, and and Sugar Boy, uh, Young God, Union in the in the back of defense 
for uh, for no, Italy. I'm a goal scorer. <laughs> no, no, but, but he, that's what I'm saying. But even if your specialty was defending, <laughs> if it wasn't defending, you put him back there, you, it'd still be better than the defense we had today. Yeah. Darmian, Bonucci, I mean, dude, uh, don't even get me started, man. Don't even Chiellini get me st- played? Uh, I didn't see Chiellini playing. Uh, Insignia played. He played really well last week against Spain. Today, he was like, uh, you, like you never even saw him. Uh, El Shirawi came in in the second half. He actually scored a goal and uh, saves, uh, Mas kinda saved, Mas. Kinda saved it. Uh, <laughs> El Shirawi was actually part Egyptian, like a... Uh, like our boy uh, Young God over here is also part Egyptian. Yes, sir. I'm sure we're just killing life right now. Killing life, yeah. He was actually the only positive thing about the in, in the game for Italy. I mean, literally, I, I it looked like they were playing a different sport, bro. I mean, it look they looked like they were playing a different sport. And people are gonna say, oh, it's just a friendly. First of all, it's never just a friendly when you're playing Germany or any other top team. Okay, when there's bragging rights. First of all, it's never just a friendly. But even if it's just a friendly, dude, they look so bad. I mean, just. Just regular like mistakes that that players who are starting on, on teams like this shouldn't be making. And like you terrible say first touches. It's just a friendly. Yeah. And you say yes. it's just yes. a friendly. <laughs> you added a you added <laughs> an, uh, a, a syllable to that though. You killed the beat. Right. You know, and just that's a friend. You, you, that's it. Friendly. You you kill the whole beat. You can't right. do it. You can't do it that way. Anyway, uh, <laughs> England also just got beat by Holland. I so I didn't see the game. I uh I saw the results. It was two to one. But England actually had an awesome game against Germany the other day. Wasn't, they had a comeback. Uh, wasn't Holland playing like shit recently? Yeah, they, maybe they still are playing this shit. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know who played in that game. You know, because England played an awesome game on, against Germany last week. They were down two nothing. They came back to win three uh, two. Just an unbelievable game uh, and a comeback win for England in, in Germany. Again, another friendly. But again, at, at, that, at those levels, they really never, never really are fr- that friendly. But regardless, uh, you know, a week of uh, international friendlies. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, we got Euro twenty sixteen coming up. I don't like the way we're looking at all. No. I don't like the way we've been looking in general. Uh, Conte doesn't give a shit. He can give two shits. God only knows what Abramovich gave him to coach Chelsea. I mean, he probably made, he's probably counting his money before he's even getting there. Is he like the the president in the last year of term where they don't give a shit anymore? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, everybody's so high on Conte, but he, he hasn't done that that spectacular of a job with the national team. Granted, the Italian national team doesn't have as much talent as, as they they used to have. They used to have. So maybe yeah, I can't just blame Conte. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean. Is, was Conte that great, or, or or was he just dealing with a lot of talent? I mean, Juve, when Conte left, Juve actually started playing better than when, when he was coaching them. So I don't know, and I'm not trying to knock Conte, because I think he is a pretty good coach, but I don't know. Even Allegri is making Juve play even better than uh, than when Conte was there. You know what I mean? And, but Allegri, to me, is pretty average as a coach, you know? So was it Juve just being that good, or was it is it these coaches, you know? Because with the national team, he's not he doesn't have that much talent. I'll give him, I'll give him that. He doesn't have as much talent, but... Uh, I'm just not impressed. I mean, they played well last week against Spain. I don't want to totally knock it, but today they look like they forgot how to play. Or today they look like they woke up in the morning and they didn't realize they had a game today. Like they might have told them tomorrow was game day. And then they just last minute, you know, like you had a last minute sub in boxing. Like you get like last minute, you're like, yo, you guys got a game today. You're playing Germany. You're like, oh, shit. Get your cleats on. Where's your cleats? Where's your cleats? You know, you find your cleats. You just put your shit on. I don't on have my cleats. All right, where are your sneakers? <laughs> yeah, it, they look like it was one of those. You right. Know? And they left Buffon just hanging. Like, poor, the poor bastard's just stranded. And if you're going to try out players and it's a friendly, you're going to try out, let it give everybody some playing time. What are you giving Salvatore City goal some playing time? I mean, I was gonna it's say, a game that doesn't matter, right? If it really doesn't matter. You, you, you're putting in retards like Damian in the game. I mean, 
why don't you just let City go play goalie? I mean, he's not a bad goalie. Buffon is 100 years old, and we already know he's a starter and he's good, but maybe he could use the rest. I mean, he's had a long season with Juventus as it is. You're going to use him in Euro 2016. So why don't you give Sidigu some playing time? Give the guy a little bit of confidence. Wait, are, you, are you still are you finally realizing that he's not better than Buffon, though? That Buffon no, is Sidigu, still the man? Buffon is good, though. Sidigu is good, too. I mean, he's I, good, I, I just but... don't like that you, you kill confidence in a player by not letting him play. You know what I mean? Like, if Sidigu tells Conte to go fuck himself, don't even call me for the national team, you wouldn't even be wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Because at this point, these are games like like Neuer wasn't playing for Germany. Neuer wasn't playing for Germany. They they had their backup today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, dude, play City. Well, that's why it's a friendly. Yeah. Yeah, play City. They still beat the shit out of us four one though. That's the problem. You know, you're not supposed to lose four one against anybody. It was just embarrassing. Anyway, moving on, moving on to other other affairs before I give myself a heart attack talking about Italy today. So we uh we had to, uh, you guys were in Oakland this weekend. I was Oakland, not in Oakland. Man. Nick, why don't you uh, explain to us, and Sugar, and, and Nick, well, explain to us, we call uh, Young God Union, we, his nickname is Sugar, we call him Sugar since he's a little kid, it's, it's nothing uh, Yousefish or anything, it's just, we call you him sure? Sugar. Yeah. Because uh-huh. um, <laughs> um, you're so sweet. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, on the flip side here, so, you guys left for Oakland, when was it, Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning. Yeah. You fought on the Andre Ward card, congrats on your win. Appreciate it. Big, big win for a sh- Young God, and he's what, 7, 8, no, now where are you? 8, and 8, and eight and no. 8, no, boom, that's how we do. 8, no. So, Wednesday morning, you got what time was your flight Wednesday morning? Oh, early. Oakland. Oakland. Oh, 9 30. About 9 30. All right. Yeah. So I leave Peter Cards. Where are you going uh, with this? Oh, I'm just <laughs> trying to lead into something. I, I was hanging out with Peter Cards till about 2 30 on Tuesday night. You know, you know, no, I, yeah, I, no, we, yeah, we were, we were waiting in the car. You know, no, we're going to get to it. We're going to, I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm under the assumption because when I fly the morning, the next morning, I always pack my bag and just leave it right by my door. So that oh. no matter what suitcase I have to pack, I don't forget anything. When I, I can't open the door without taking the bags in front of the door. But it's usually packed before I start doing anything. Especially in Peter Carter's case, it should be packed before he starts drinking. You know, as is his custom. But, but, I, so, but so, I have a fiance. He took a bag the size of uh, a <laughs> six-pack. Six pack. <laughs> took a bag the size of the six-pack. Well, right, so I'm, why don't you guys take me to this? Because I was obviously not around okay, for the morning, so, uh, right. the morning ex- escapades. So I get up. Yeah, he Nick calls me at six o'clock in the morning. Six. Good morning. That was a bit too early. No, that was no, that was a good time. It was time. just about right. right. You, about know, right. you guys don't want to miss your flight. We had to be at Pete's house at Yo, seven. Go seven to Pete's. Was the plan. Yeah. Go to Pete's. It's. I told him to go six thirty, so he gets Pete up. You know, right. dressed, we already know the drill. You know. See when you okay. ha- when you when you've been hanging around Peter as long as me and Sugar have, we already know the drill. Go ahead. Okay, we get there. I'm like Nick, we gotta go. We gotta go. He's like, all right, all right. Um, I'm gonna get Pete ready right now. So we get there. I'm by the in way, the by the way, Pete's still in his bed yeah. in his underwear, yeah. and it's six fifty. So you made it to bed. Oh, what about the socks? Yeah, yeah. Oh no! And then, <laughs> so you got into the house. I, I got into the house. Alyssa he, was up. She was getting ready for work. Yeah, Alyssa was huh. getting ready for work, and so, she's screaming, and she's screaming at me Pete to wake up. To wake up, and, and you don't hear anything. And of no, course, I do. he's just going, Alyssa, you're. You're so annoying. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Do you remember? You're not even cognizant of the fact that you're flight to catch. You're I just understand letting listen everything that's okay. going on. <laughs> you do understand <laughs> yes. everything, but you still refuse to get up. Right. What's even? Well, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because if you're not getting up and you don't understand what's going on, I say, you know what? He didn't know what was going on. The fact no, that you understood knew, what was going on, you I still didn't want to get up. Exactly what was that's kind of fucked up. No, right. I knew exactly so ahead, what was Nick. going on. So, so continue. So now, wait. So, I told Alyssa to pack my bag. What she did was she packed some T-shirts and some underwear. Mm-hmm. She folded shirts mm-hmm. and put them on my dresser for, for me to just throw in the bag. Oh, okay. boy. I didn't know that, right? I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Wow. 
So when Nikki was coming well, up, you don't go check to make sure your bag is packed the night before. Though. You're a grown man. Listen, I'm engaged. She's supposed to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Old school Italian style. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Enough said. So now, <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, now the morning comes and Alyssa. Do you remember trying to wake up for school and your mother's like, "Get up!" Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, five more minutes. Yeah, yeah, five." Her voice is like my mother's in that sense, so it's it's piercing. Yeah. <laughs> so she just kept screaming. You gotta fucking get up. They're waiting for you. I'm like, oh, God. She's done water on you. Oh, oh man. Dude, I would, I, I would, I'm gonna buy Alyssa a super soaker. And in the morning, <laughs> oh, she could just man. come in the room and just start shooting you with it. A machine gun super soaker. Alyssa you? tells Nikki, what does she say to you? I give she, up. She goes, I give up with him. You gotta go upstairs and take care of him. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I go upstairs, and it's it's 6.55. Junior said, about let's, wait, let's leave at 7. No, Junior's already outside. Mm. You already ready. called My me saying, yo, let's me, go. Yeah. Right? So I go upstairs and I see Peter Cards in the bed in his underwear. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm like, yo, bots, like, we got to get up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, yo, I'm going to pack your bag for you. I said, bro, just throw in some socks and fucking we're good. So <laughs> I just, yo, yo, I just start grabbing socks and T-shirts. I wound up packing them all dress socks. <laughs> you just grab whatever socks yeah, you can find. I just grabbed oh, yeah, I don't even know any I grabbed whatever socks I could find. We had to go, bro. This yeah. kid was blowing up I my said, phone. I said, Nick, I just need to make an espresso and we're good. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You no cannot espresso. do that. You no espresso. You get an espresso at the airport. No espresso. No, I didn't even, I don't even think, I think I just gave him time to brush his teeth. That okay. was it. Yeah. And you know, uh, you got to start being alert when you go to these airports. You saw what happened uh, in Belgium, right? Hey, Nikki, uh, that was for you, right? To brush his teeth, not for him. Yeah. That was, well, I was sitting next to him, so yeah. that's what I mean. it was Did for it my own good. Yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah. Definitely. So, okay. Definitely. So, go ahead. so what happened? Yeah, so then uh, we went. Then it's about 7.30, and we finally get into the car to go to the airport. <laughs> oh, God, I would have been flipping if I'm sure. All right, so go ahead. Bro, you're going away from the traffic. It's There's no traffic at that time. Yeah, right? that's what he kept on saying. That was his excuse. You no. still have to check in an hour before if you're going to check bags, though. I don't check bags, cuz. Oh, but I had the, to. The, the team does, though, cuz. Oh, That's I the know, thing. Though. You don't fly on your own, though. So go ahead. My dad was there at the airport already. He probably was there at 5.30 in the morning. From Jersey. Your father's like, like, like that before. So we get to the airport. He's just standing there. He started blowing up all of our phones. I'm like, nobody pick up. Nobody pick up. Your father? Yeah. He started going crazy. He sees us walking in. He's like, oh, man. Where the Ro- fuck are you guys? Rooftop, Baba. Rooftop. What the fuck are you doing, Bob? <laughs> That's uh, we're all imitating Sugar's father. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, listen, we got a little time to kill. I'm gonna get something to eat. You guys went through security at this point. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. good. Right on time, like always. All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go we go to security. How do you fix? Not to say a hangover because I wasn't hungover, but probably still drunk. No. Yeah. No, I was just tired. I slept like <laughs> fucking three and a half hours. That's what it was, yeah. Right. So what do you do? <laughs> Drank you, all night and slept three and a half hours. You weren't still drunk. No. Yeah. No, you were still Okay. So so anyway, what do you do? You get breakfast and, and you, order, some you order a mimosa. That's all? Hair to Boom. Dog. Two of them. Two of them. Boom. How good were those fucking mimosas? They were good. Right back at it. Good. Yeah, you right got back right back, right back, back at it. Because this, and then I'm making weight. At eight in the morning. So I got some locks. I'm sitting there. I mean, sure got been there. This fucking fat bitch orders pancakes. <laughs> yo, they were good, bro. Pancakes, they were bacon. So good. Nice. They were looking so... Yo, you were like on he, weight, bro. He orders an omelet. My father didn't order nothing. You were on weight, though. It's not the point. An no, omelet with a mimosa point. set? You had the locks. And then you get so, on, then the, you get on the plane... 
and you just pass out. I slept the whole way. Oh, the whole way. I slept the first two hours, and then I wake up. What do I do, Nick? What did you What did you fly? Delta. Delta, Delta. Delta. was actually a good Delta. fight. Delta. Shout out to Delta. Yeah, movies, Shout everything. Shout out to Delta. Nice. What? Good, good. Seats look nice, everything. Good, good. Delta, you're a big fan of Delta, Paulie, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am a big fan of Delta. And speaking of Delta, Delta Airlines and CBS Local present Guiding Greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, we got three awesome coaches. Pete, why don't you tell us about them? Pete, tell us about three awesome coaches. This week? This yeah. week they're featured videos. This week there's yeah. featured videos. Blind from Delta. Oh, Greg Gard. Yeah, the Wisconsin Badger coach. You know, Dave Iskowitz probably loves him. Loves him. Loves him. Speed Patrick man. Chambers, Mark Fox. Boom. What, what about him? What do you got? Well, like I said, Gard is the Wisconsin Badgers coach. You know, Dave Iskowitz loves him. Shout out yeah. to Dave Iskowitz oh, and Rob Absolutely. And what's his he was a little miserable about? on the trip when they lost. Um, yeah. I thought he was going to cancel the fight. Dude, yeah. that was a bad way to lose. They they found a way to lose that game. <laughs> Go ahead. What's Greg talk about? Big Greg? Yeah, his big journey Greg. through coaching and winning a national championship. That's pretty good. You want, yeah. That's deep. That is deep. That is deep. Patrick Chambers, Penn State coach, talking about making PSU known for more than just football. Of course. They, Absolutely. Well, Penn State needs a whole makeover. He's doing a good job, though. His yeah. relationship with Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien and the life-altering moment that placed him on the path to coaching. Well, thank God for somebody like Patrick Chambers because I think Penn State was starting to get a bad name. A little bit. A little bit. bit. You know, it's just, uh, that turnaround, though, wasn't it? You know, it's yeah. Actions football, of a few. Football. Yeah. It's a long history. You, know, you don't want to taint it. You right, know, right. You want to right. turn that back you don't to want, You don't want little students licking your taint either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <clears throat> oh, boy. All right, let's move on. Okay. You got Mark Fox as well. Mark Fox. Mark Fox. He talks about Mark Fox. He's a Georgia Bulldogs coach. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about advice that he received from Hall of Fame coach Bill Parcells. Wow. We know all uh, about Bill Parcells. That's guys, definitely like, dope. One, of the, one that's, of the most loved by Giant fans. Well, that's somebody you want as a mentor, that's for sure. I mean, these videos are awesome. They're very inspiring. You know, we, we, last week we had Coach K, you know, who's, right. who's a legend. I mean, these guys, you watch these videos, you're like... They got some pearls of wisdom. You get you get, yeah. you get the hairs on your head stand on your on your head and your arms stand up if you don't have any hairs on your head like you said. You know the hairs on your <laughs> arms stand thanks, up. Thanks you know? for reminding me, buddy. Yeah, worry, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> but yeah, even the hairs on your arms stand up. You know, like uh, motivation from guys who have been there, done it, and uh, find a way to keep motivating themselves and motivate their student and their and their student athletes. Yeah, just give guys uh, just a little wrap this up. Some background. God and greatness is an exclusive video series presented by Delta Airlines. We love. We love. Offers insight from some of the most successful NCAA college basketball coaches. We're tugging back at the curtain here from NCAA's most compelling leaders. Men have seen it all and heard it all. They're willing to break. Uh, they're willing to share their experience with stories of leadership, consistency, pressure, heartbreak, victory, disappointment, drama, conflict, and glory. So definitely go check them out. Go to GodandGreatness.com. Boom. Boom. So back to the flight. So you guys are uh, on Delta Airlines. You wake up halfway through it, and what happens? What, what happens, Nick? Junior actually put on a sick movie for me. What movie? Burnt with Bradley Cooper. Never seen it. I oh, thought I it was. It. I thought it was going to be the worst movie ever. It was a chef movie. I'm really not into that. Yeah. But chef? Yeah, like chef. It's a, it's a very good movie. He's a like Chris cook. Santos no. chef? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's Yo, like... And it's a he's he's like a Michelin star chef. Yeah, he, it's a sick movie. He's like... Sick. Uh, That's not really... You Only you would watch these kind of movies uh, when yeah. you're making yeah. weight. Nah. You, <laughs> you, you haven't seen my Facebook. He's making weight. If you go on his Facebook from like two weeks ago, all he does is share food pictures. Yeah, no. He torches himself. I share them in my own brain. I don't I don't start looking on the internet for food. He looks like... No, what did you show me and... And, and Nikki and your pops when you said I'm definitely getting that and I was like that don't even look good oh the bacon the, 
The bacon was thing. A cheese. What was it? Big Macs. Oh. oh, they were all right. So they were regular burgers, right? Uh huh. And they got like talking to the mic. And they got like ten of them. Yeah. And they spread them out. They took the the top bun and the burger off. Uh huh. And then like got a rolling pin and put them all together. Right on. And then. They got. Go uh, they put the burgers on top uh-huh. with the cheese. Then they put tomato sauce. Who made this? Who did this? It was on Wait. Facebook. They <laughs> put tomato sauce and pepperonis. Mark Zuckerberg. More man. cheese. And then they put the top buns on it. Rolled it and again. And you were looking at this when you're making. Weight. Yeah. And yeah. then they baked it. So it was like a pizza and, and what about burger the one, type. And what, yeah. And what about the what, one? What is this like? Uh, uh, Rachel Ray. What about oh, what good. about this? What are we talking <laughs> about food every second? Like, dude. What was the I one? I was posting like seven, eight what videos. What was the a day. one wrapped in all bacon? That oh, would it was get a grilled folded. cheese. Mm-hmm. It was a grilled cheese just wrapped in bacon. Wrapped in all bacon. Yeah, Literally. both ways. You don't see the bread. You don't see anything. It's just it a just uh, chunk of heart Beautiful. attack. Like Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, this is like how bacon. he tortures himself. But this is the thing: when I'm making weight, I can't even watch a food commercial. Like, right. I'll be watching TV and I'll see like a Pizza Hut commercial or, or a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial, and I gotta change the channel, bro. Yeah. Well, I gotta change the channel. Like I'm starving, I'm dying of thirst. Like people don't even know. Like, you know, people like we we talk about weight, and people are like, oh, yeah, you're just gonna have to jog an extra mile. No, dickhead. It's not even about jogging the extra mile. You're already super dehydrated before you even start jogging. That's the problem. You're already super starving before you even start jogging. That's that's the problem. You get to the point where you are below your weight so t- much to the point that that's how we make weight. So it's not about, man, you know what? You're going to have to stay away. You're going to have to eat a lot of salad. No, actually, you don't even eat salad. You don't eat shit at a certain point. Not even fucking salad. Actually, you don't even sweat anymore. Oh, you wish anymore. you could fucking have a fucking bowl of salad. You wish you could sweat because you dry it out to the point where you don't sweat. Oh, but then... You know, you don't have to do that, right? Because guys like Manny Pacquiao, they fight right. and they walk around where they don't dry right. out anymore, right. and then they knock everybody out. You know, that's what it is, right? Because when Conor McGregor tried it with random drug testing, right. he didn't get choked out, did he? Right. No, that's not... No. And that's what we do. We have to make weight that way. Otherwise, we don't survive. This is boxing. This is combat sports. That's how you make weight. You torture yourself. You mentally prepare yourself that way for torture. You, you can, If you can achieve it making weight, you can achieve it inside the ring because you've already prepared your mind for that kind of battle within. Boom. Boom. Sugar knows all about it. Adversity. I know all about it. And then Jerry doesn't know all about it, but during the movie. During the movie. What did I pull out from the backpack? Uh, What did you pull out from the backpack? Junior's coloring book. Have like a stress coloring book. A stress coloring? What did you? What are you seeing? Like a kind of shrink or something? No, it's kind of bugged out. What do you do? Yo, he's it's, actually it's, good. All right, it. so it's like, it's. I listen to music. It's like, extremely that's what I do. intense. I listen to very, very like. Streisand. No, I was listening like, to music. Chill, like you know, Chauncey Billups right. type. We uh, call him Chaunceys. Yeah, we call him Chaunceys. It's music that you would never picture him to listen to. That's what. Yeah, he that, that's to. what I listen to to soothe myself. But Sugar Boy has a coloring book. We all have our ways to try <laughs> to. But this coloring to book, you don't understand. To try to soothe ourselves. No, you're from he's the saying, torture. No, six knockouts. Right, look yeah, at this. I'm gonna make fun of him. Look at that coloring book, bro. Look at the oh, detail. That's serious. You colored that? Yeah. Oh, bro, Yo, he's good with it. That's <laughs> no, what I'm saying. If you, that's, if you, that's impressive, <laughs> right? If you, I'm, you not, know, I'm not. Like when that. you were little, no, you wanted to stay inside the the lines. I right? still can't. Yeah. Right. I still can't either. So Even now, you're, you're like, oh, it's so easy. What was I doing as a kid that was so difficult? Try to do this fucking thing. Look at this yeah. one. This is like, this a, isn't like a coloring book. This that's is like cool. this is like art. Look, it's I like, like it. Did you draw the star wow. too, or you just no, call it? No, 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 no. It's a coloring book. It's you know, just colors. <laughs> I can't even do that. But it's I'm the worst. Do you I pick the, the colors? Worst. Hold on. You pick the colors? Oh yeah. I yeah. Have, that's, I have so like that's artistic, a, man. I have, uh, that's colored art. pencils. That's you know? cool. But uh, I went to get the neuro exam before the fight, mm-hmm. and then Nick came with me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have to draw something? 
For the neural exam? Yeah. No, now they want you to be an artist too? No, I had to Yo. draw. <laughs> Why like, are they making these neural exams? So first off, those neural exams are ridiculous. I can't, I, can't, I can't even draw anything. Right. So just, if oh, it's anything man. to do with drawing, I would I would fail even if I never took yeah, a picture. You're the in my worst head. at Pictionary. Remember we used to play Pictionary? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst artist. You know, like, I really believe sometimes you have to be genetically predisposed to some things. Like no matter how hard you work at, in, in, in a sport, if you're not genetically predisposed to be an athlete, you're still gonna be horrible. Yeah. So and I'm like, and that's kind of like me with art. Like no matter how hard I would try to be an artist or try to be a good drawer or colorer, I'm the worst artist there is. You know what I mean? So so there's no helping me with that. You know what I mean? Like, so I I get it when people are just not genetically predisposed to do sports and they're like they're horrible at sports. And I used to be like, God, how are you going to be so bad? Now I get it. You know what I mean? I kind of get it because I feel, I feel like genetically you can be predisposed towards art as well. And I'm horrible at that. So I totally get it. I'm with you. Yeah. So, so that uh, so Sugar Boy's got the stress coloring book. All right. So that works. You know, me, nah, I, yeah. honestly, for me, that's too much work uh, on fight week. Like, nah, I, I, I'm I'm so pissed off at all the weight making I've been doing all the. Workouts I've been doing and the constant badgering in my own brain whether I'm gonna actually make weight or not although I always make it but just the the constant stress that I just want to listen to music and close my eyes and die of thirst within my own oh no brain. after I woke up and then you I have put on the movie colored you know and then you have dreams of six you, times you have dreams of of waterfalls and dude shit. no joke <laughs> when I fought Juan Diaz the first time <laughs> they made me made a hundred make 138 and a half pounds and at the time that was the end of my like 140 pound tenure so I could barely make 140 pounds as it is at that point as a matter of fact. I think I only lasted a couple more fights after that fight at 140 and I moved up. So I was like barely making 140 as it is. These pricks make the contract at 138 and a half. I had a shoemaker.com on my team. So basically we call that uh, when nobody can do anything for you. So I had shoemakers working for me. So, you know, the only way you're going to get the fight is <laughs> if you do the fight at whatever contract they say, wherever they say, which was in Houston. And that's it. So I was dying so much making weight for that fight. I got sick. The night before the Wayne, remember? We mm -hmm. had to have the humidifier. Like, I was mm -hmm. totally drained, destroyed. My body was destroyed. Shutting down. And you got cut. I got cut. We get to Houston <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah. We're doing pads and we get cut. I was like, working with Sugar's father. We, I get cut working the pads. In the gym in the middle of, like, everybody. So it wasn't like we even got cut in private. My cut opens up and I'm like, oh, man, we got to buy that new, what is it called? New, new skin. New skin. And we got to, like, put makeup cover up so that the Wayne... They, when the doctor's checking me, he doesn't see the cut. I'll still cancel the fight, you know? So we had to work on that. We did that, which is why I got cut in round one of the fight. But the cut was already there from Wednesday. Thankfully, I cut Diaz back in round two, so I kind of made it even. But anyway, before that, making weight the night before the weigh-in, I didn't sleep all night. Like, I was like, and I wasn't on weight. I was at like 140, like two, something like that. And I'm thinking, man, if I go through the night at 142, I'm going to have to lose three and a half pounds in the morning. And I'm dying of thirst right now. I'm just dying. I am absolutely dying. I cannot do this. I can't sleep. Like, I'm, you're so thirsty that you forget you're hungry. Like, you get to a point, you get so thirsty, you don't realize how, how hungry you are until you drink some water, until you drink some, until you hydrate a little bit. And at that point, I was so thirsty, I forgot about how hungry I was. So, I'm trying to lay down and trying to close my eyes and trying to sleep. And hopefully, like, you kill, like, an hour in your sleep, you know, like, two hours in your sleep. So that, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, we're two hours closer and it didn't even, I didn't feel it. You know, I was unconscious. No, it doesn't, not at that point. I was so dead. And I'm like to the point, like, I got to drink something. How can I make, and you start playing, your mind starts playing games with you. How can I make myself drink something right now and not pay the price? Was this the worst, worst ever for you? This was the worst way I had, time I had to make weight. I said, how do I make, how do, well, that and the, like the next two fights, the, that, the Diaz rematch and the con fight. Um, so, but that being that, that was 38 and a half. It was really, really difficult. So I'm saying, 
how can I get to the point now? It's like the time's like slow. It's like not going. You know what I mean? I'm like, I can't sleep right now. I need to drink something. How can I drink something and not pay the price by not making weight tomorrow? Because if I drink something, I'm all 142. I'm going to wind up like 43 or 44. You know what I mean? Then I'm not going to make weight in the morning. You know? That would be too much to lose in the morning because I'm already dried out as it is. So I start thinking in my mind, I'm going to work out. So I'm like, one, two in the morning, I start like shadow boxing in the bathroom with uh, uh, pull on layers. Put the, the steam on, which is my customary way to make lose the last couple pounds anyway. Uh, put the steam on in the bathroom with all the hot water. And I shadow box like an hour. When I put my headphones on, I shadow box like an hour. I went the hat on, layers, and I shadow box like an hour. And I lose about, you know, whatever it was, two, three pounds. So that allows me to get closer to 38 and a half. I don't have to be 38 and a half in that moment. I got to be 38 and a half come the way in time. So now I've got, I know I'm going to do this again in the morning. So I, I know I'm going to do this again in the morning. So I, at least now I give myself something to drink and I'll just do this again later. So I go to this machine, I get something to drink, I get something to drink, I, I drink I drink like a little mini bottle of a, a vitamin water light, like the one with low calories or something like that, and uh, I drink it, and I'm like, okay, as long as I don't open my mouth and talk, maybe I can live off this aftertaste for a little bit. I'm going to I'm gonna fall asleep, I'm going to fall asleep, I'm going to lay down, I'm going to fall asleep. I go lay down, I try to sleep, and I'm like sort of dozing off into unconsciousness, sort of getting there, like... But like still like you, you start to realize how thirsty you are again, like that little aftertaste is gone now, like and like half asleep and dude, I started dreaming about a stream. Like a stream of water. Like a pure I still can picture this stream of water in my mind. There was like those palm tree leaves hanging over it, you know, like and and the, and the water was so clean, it was so crisp, and I'm just seeing it in front of me and I like I wanna drink it and then I wake up. And then I totally wake up and I'm like, my God, I'm losing my mind right now. What am I going to do? What am I going to do right now? What am I going to do? What do I do? Shadow box. I go work out again. <laughs> I go work out again at like four in the morning. I go work out again because I need another drink now. I'm dying. I need another drink. I cannot. I'm losing my mind. I'm going psychotic. So what do I do? I put on those. Some of them clothes are still wet because I had to put the scuba suit underneath all the layers. Oh. So I have other other clothes, but I have to put the wet scuba suit on first, and then put the layer. Put the I have clean clothes that I can put on clean workout clothes. So I put those on. Do the same thing again. Go get the vitamin water, drink, try to sleep again. By this point, it's like six thirty or seven o'clock. I try. I make like a half hour attempt to sleep. Don't do it again. And then I say, you know what? I, mean, I can't work out again. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm I gotta fight. I gotta fight tomorrow night. It's Friday morning now. I gotta fight tomorrow night. Like if I keep doing this, my body's gonna have nothing left for the fight. You know, regardless of what I do after the weigh-in. So I said I can't drink again and then work out again. I, I can't cause myself another workout. Like I have, my body has to rest now. You know. So what I do at six thirty, seven o'clock a.m. I just get up. I get dressed. I go for a walk. I go for a walk around Houston at seven o'clock in the morning. I leave the hotel and just go for a walk. And I'm just walking, wishing time would just go by. Wishing because I know I gotta work out one more time. Now, I still, because I drank that vitamin water, but at least I'm still in striking distance that when I work out, I can get to the weight. Walking around, walk around, I walk around for like an hour just to kill time, you know. I get back to my room and I just fucking try to watch TV. I don't know, I don't remember what I did at this point anymore. But at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I finally go in for the last workout, which is like the one I'm not going to drink after. Uh, now, but at least now I don't have to sleep after this workout. I can just do the workout and go to the weigh-in, you know, and then like as soon as we weigh in, I can drink. So I... Go in for the final kill, last workout, and this is why I didn't want to gain too much weight because you have to. Be, I have to be within striking distance of the weight when I do this final workout. You know, you scale in your room at this whole this whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Always, always travel with scale. Otherwise, I wouldn't. You, I can't not have a scale when my mind feels like this because otherwise, I'll convince myself to drink something. The stepping on the scale, the reality of the scale keeps me <laughs> keeps me disciplined. You know, 
no matter how torturous it is, Boy. it keeps me disciplined. If I don't see it scale, I will make an excuse in my mind somehow to, to drink something. So I will, uh, I go for this final workout. I go for this final workout. I make weight. Go off to the weigh-in. You know the weigh-ins take forever. You don't actually weigh in at the work at the weigh-in until you like. They, they you gotta see doctors. The commission takes their sweet time. Uh, they they want to talk to you. They want to hang out. They they, they want to. That one was extra long too. Yeah, they want to fuck with the gloves. You know we're in Houston, so we're even like more dealing with bullshit. You know because it was Juan's hometown. Finally, made, I mean, I was so cranky. I was so miserable. I mean, granted, this is normal for a weigh-in, but for this weigh-in, it was like extra, like even a little bit more, you know? And finally, I uh, we make weight, and uh, I did what I did. And thank, thankfully, you know, at that point, how old am I? I'm 28 years old for that fight. So, you know, this was still when my body recovered strong enough, even after the destruction I would do to it, recovered strong enough that by fight night, I would be good, you know? Uh, after that fight, you know, I uh, after that weigh-in, I... I hydrated, I get food, I had the humidifier in my room because I had also gotten sick. My body was so depleted, I had gotten sick. Dude, I woke up Saturday morning, I felt great. I felt great, man. I was like, I, I just knew I was going to fight well Saturday, you know what I mean? Because I had had a good camp. It was just a matter of the recovery. You weighed in 38 and a half, right? I weighed in 38 yeah. and a half. And what'd you weigh in uh, fight night? I don't know, what I weigh, 47, 48, something like that, you know? I like, I Not that much. On, no, I usually put on about another 10 pounds, you know? Something like that because I still am partially dehydrated by the time I get in the ring usually. But it's not dehydrated to the point where I can't perform. Usually, it's 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 dehydrated to the point where you're still fast enough. Because if you put on too much liquid, you're gonna bloat. And for a, a, a speed fighter, that's no good. Maybe for a fighter who's a puncher who's coming in trying to take your head off, okay. But for a speed fighter, you still want to have that that a, a bit of agility. You want to you don't want to fill up too much with water. At least that's my opinion. And you you go in <clears throat> right when you step off the scale. They they shoot up. Six seven pounds right away. Mm -hmm. Just a couple of Gatorades will do that. Yeah, and you're and you're still thirsty. It's not, you know, it's not like oh, I drank Gatorade, I'm good. Then you go eat, you know, and then your body kind of settles in. You maybe take a nap. You know, these guys are exhausted from a long camp. They take a nap. They lose a pound, a pound and a half. And then you know they'll try to eat again. Yeah. Would you you had pasta? You yeah, had I don't remember now. I mean, the fight was. Seven, I remember almost you almost seven years well, ago. Well, because crazy. you weren't feeling well, I remember getting you steak. 13. Yeah, spinach. Steak yeah. and spinach. Yeah, for the second meal. Yeah. Right. The first meal was always carved up. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, this is just a normal part of the routine. People say, oh, well, why do you do that? Why do you got Because if you don't do that, your opponent is doing that, and then you're going to get in the ring, and he's going to be 10, 15 pounds bigger than you. And in 12 rounds, 10, 15 pounds makes a big difference eventually that weight will start to wear and have a wear wearing effect on you just like the Nate Diaz Conor McGregor fight where Conor's beating the piss out of Nate Diaz in round one but he can't get him out of there it's, it's not doing anything it's just ca it's causing blood but it's not actually doing anything and eventually you know you start to wear out because you're working two three four times harder than the bigger guy and eventually you know that, that that's going to start to fatigue you and eventually the end happens like Connor, like Nate, uh, Nate did to Nate ended Connor, you know, and uh, you know what's funny about that is you know, you know it, it the weight matters to to that degree. You cannot physically deal with that that bigger person to the uh, to, to that effect. You know, you know it's like mm -hmm. Nate was sparring Andre Ward. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Nick and Nate Diaz they spar Andre Ward all yeah, the time. That's, that's what I've heard. You know, he's got some good hand skills. Although Connor, Connor looked great in that fight. Connor looked great in that fight. But, yeah, his but, offense is great. You just you know even defensively he's just a good overall fighter but it's just a bigger guy you don't get yeah. you don't you don't get your guy out of there he's gonna keep you working two three four times a, a, a bigger pace than you want to be working and eventually that pace will 
you know, if you don't maintain that pace, the bigger guy is going to physically take over the fight, and you don't want that to happen. So you continually have to get have to keep working harder than you normally do, and that's just not possible. It's just not going to happen. Do you think unless, unless unless <coughs> you're in many Pacquiao? <laughs> you think yeah. that first round yeah. might give him a false sense of security too? No, not at all. I, I think that first round actually probably what you don't it's see, he probably goes back to the corner and he's like, "Fuck, Fuck man, me, I gotta, yeah. I gotta, I gotta maintain this pace the whole, the whole fight. I keep, this guy didn't get out of there." You the know, very like, end of the, the first round. That's you the see first him. round. Where, that's the pace you want to do. And you you expect to get the guy out of there. That's the first round where you go back to your your corner and you're like, I just expended a lot of energy. Yeah, I think he I, I think he took a gamble in that first round yeah. and said, I'm gonna get this fucking guy out of here, you know, or else I'm in trouble. Or just yeah. he was and I think it. and I think in the towards the end of the first round, like the last twenty or thirty seconds, I mm-hmm. I believe uh, your brother pointed it out also. Mm-hmm. He was like, bro, Connor's dead. Look at him. Yeah, like he was already huffing and puffing. You know, yeah. it's a five minute round. It's no yeah. joke. But when you're in there with a big guy and you're going all out, you and you have to go all out because you can't afford that bigger guy to get near you like that. Because otherwise, the physicality will take effect in the fight, and you don't need it to happen. You know, so you know it happened with Connor. You know, random drug testing all year round. I mean, it's usually, usually gonna happen when a smaller guy. You did. I remember there was an old saying: a great, lo- a, a a good big man always beats a a, a, great, a great little, little guy. man yeah. until this generation. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It was it was clean. It was clean. Yeah. So so that's uh, that was the thing. But how do we even get on this conversation? I don't, I don't, I'm trying you to figure. You want to put on a tangent, but it's a cool. Well, it's cool. We were talking oh, about, we talk about, about making weight. weight. Making weight. We'll talk about sugar making weight. Right. Yeah. How he tortures himself with pictures of food and stuff. And yeah, college. pictures of food. So that's how we that's how we ended up uh, there. Uh, At uh, least we're staying away from politics today. You know? I, yeah. I have one question. People want to agree with our political views. Speaking of weight, how, how much does your kegerator weigh? Oof. When it's full. When well, it's, full, it's never full because you usually yeah. drink and everything. That's the it, first yeah. thing I did when I got back from Oakland was a nice tap. Whoop. Yeah, you oh, needed yeah. a nice relax. I, why don't you remind people about your kegerator? What is it? We got we got my intro? What do we got? Huh? No, we don't have it today. What do you mean yeah. we don't have it today? I'm waiting for that. Huh? You want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. All right, hold on. Stop talking. <laughs> Pete, but you keep talking in the meantime. No, wait. You stop talking. No? He needed, he yeah. needed to relax. So, yeah, I was a uh, nice trip. You know, you're tired to come home. I took a nap. The first thing I did when I got up was a nice cold brew from my kegerator. Brewski, huh? Yeah. The kegerator. Pete, you met your match, huh? Yeah. Kegerator. That's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> really? As and soon as did I it, did, it hit the spot if you oh, woke up. Yeah. Why didn't you have? A, what I want to know is why didn't you have a brewski from the kegerator before you went to sleep? Like a like a nice brew, and then you just. Hit the well, sack I was, and go I to was, sleep. I was oh, you shot. were too tired to even drink. No, well, I was, I was shot. He wouldn't have went to sleep. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. then one brew leads to two brews. <laughs> <laughs> before you know, and before you know, you go until you pass out. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna take a nap. When I wake up, I'm gonna have a nice meal, and I'm gonna f- pour myself a so, cold draft from. Pete has finally met his match. <laughs> it's the kangaroo. <laughs> There's nothing like it. I'm telling you. Nothing like it. So you have it. You have it tapped all the time. Absolutely. That's awesome. Me? It's right by my TV. That is the best thing in Peter's house, man. How's it look? It's, it looks good. It's awesome. Nice piece of furniture. Pete, Pete made it part of the furniture. No matter yeah. Alyssa was fighting or anything, like it didn't yeah. matter. Like, no, now that, that was gonna join the the furniture club. Now <laughs> she's all with it. But uh, yeah, it fits right in like a glove. How many people came to your house and said, "Man, where'd you get that? I want to get one." Oh, forget it. Yeah. As soon and then you know when you when you give them a beer from it, these guys could tell you they had it. 
It's cold. It's it's not like it's a great. typical it's keg. It's spot, right? Yeah. I, might, I might even have a, a, a brew later for you. Yeah. 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 We all have a brew for the kegerator. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, that might do it. Then I'll go for a jog in the morning. Yeah, my, my weight is bad, bro. Go ahead, cruiserweight. <laughs> my weight is bad. Like, I, I got to figure out a way to get back in the gym. I got to like, he it's hard to just more be. than me now. 100%. What do you weigh? I'm probably like 81, 82. 81? I'm about 80. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're the same. Let's go spar. You know what? You want to talk shit? Let's go spar. No, I'm good. Oh, let's do it. Oh, you see this? Let's go fill. I, I had enough of this shit. Oh, oh, <laughs> I had enough of this shit. I'm about my weight. Give me weight complexes over here. All right. Dreaming about streams. Uh, Kegerator, hey, for, for our listeners, 20% off their favorite Kegerator. Only for our listeners. Only ours. The friends of ours. That's right. Friends yes. of ours, yeah. That's right. Donnie Brasco style. 20% off your kegerator. That's that's a nice savings. Get four four premium pint glasses. You have those, right? And they're awesome? Absolutely. They yeah. give you the pint glasses, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Free shipping. I'm going to have a drink from the pint glasses later. You should. He drinks from the tap, usually. Yeah. And we put Corona in there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. We'll put some Coronas in there thanks to our, our uh, thanks to the our our big shots. Uh, which one, wait, who, who did you speak to over there? Mark. Mark. Give Where's the check, Mark? Where's the <laughs> check? <laughs> and uh, shout out to Daniel Kinghorn. Shout out to Mark over at Corona for uh, giving us our uh, right. kegerator fillers. Go ahead. I'm a kegerator now. It's an incredible deal only for your listeners, our listeners, but only if you use our code. Paulie M, right? Yep. Is it Paulie, Paulie. M? Just Paulie. Just Don't Paulie. put the M, guys. Just Paulie. P-A-U-L-I-E. Paulie. P-A-U-L-I-E. If you spell it with a Y, you will not get any savings. <laughs> so don't spell like Paulie D. Smell it, spell it just like Paulie. Smell like Paulie. Not with an M. If you P-A-U-L-I-E. Smell mainly. And don't smell like Petey when he was in Oakland because he forgot his underwear. No, oh. he just... Hey, now you do the announcer thing. Just go to kegerator.com. That's K-E-G-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Click on the microphone at the top and enter the code... Paulie, P-A-U-L-I-E. That's kegerator.com. Click on the microphone and use the code Paulie. Don't wait. This amazing offer won't last, and it's only for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you no know one would be good at that, Anthony. Oh, 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 fired now. He does the voice over something no, like that. We, we gotta, gotta, gotta do the Spanish version. We gotta, yeah. Yeah, Spanish uh, version of Kegerator. Oh, my manager will be great. And then we'll bring in Moro from Showtime. We'll do it for oh, all. Oh, Moro's we'll the best. El Kegerator. We got one more. has two Kegerators. One for him and one for his guests. Yeah, you gotta have one just for himself, of course. I gotta get me. Gotta get me a kegerator for like all my houses too, you know. Remember, some oh remember houses. the German place we went to, what for the World Cup? Yeah, of course. Remember those? We got boots. Yeah, I was actually drinking boots. for those. Yeah, that was. And then I threw up World out Cup, the right? car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it got on the car. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I wasn't too thrilled. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was my car. So, granted, nobody's gonna be thrilled when it's their car. So. I apologize. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. At least you didn't throw up in the car because I would have probably left you on the side of the expressway. Nice. <laughs> All right. At least you threw up on the side. All right. Because I didn't notice. Yeah, and that's the only reason I didn't throw you on the side of the expressway at that time was because I didn't notice you threw up on the car. Yeah. I thought you were throwing up outside the car. I mean, it happened. So I didn't notice the throw up was on the car until we already got home. By that point, you were safe and sound. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we so we had a great trip in Oakland. We do what we had to do. Nick, how about that Cali weed? Yo, that shit was crazy. I don't even smoke. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> smoke much, Really? Bro. Really? Bro. This is where we're going now with the show? This, this is where we're going? Let me tell you something. What, are we going to enough for you? come Bob Marley over here? Bro. Yo. This is that like... That shit was on another big shout, level. Big shout out to Troy. Troy yeah, was, Troy from Cali. Troy from Oakland. Oakland. Yo, he was the man, bro. He was like, what do you guys need? I'm like, I don't know. He Anything. Goes, Check out my app. 
He got an app. app for Yo, weed. It's you a whole menu. It's a menu what of if, different the, flavors. Imagine the drug dealers in like the 1990s or early 80s. They're out now. There's like an app, <laughs> an app for weed. These guys are getting like years in jail. Now there's apps for selling you weed. You don't have to be the quarter anymore. The quarter comes to you. Totally right. legal. No, literally, we were at the bar on the corner, and he goes, yeah, bro. See which one you want. I'm like, I don't know. We just want weed, I guess. Uh, we're in Cali. We're going to smoke weed. <laughs> With Dr. Dre. Yeah. yeah. Bro, he, he had it delivered to us. Rolled. Pre-rolled. Rolled and everything. I said, can, do it. You know, just I too s- much. I, don't, I, I feel like... I feel like dirty talking about this. It's fucked up. Like, <laughs> no, it's legal. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. No, Smoking weed in Cali is like checking your fucking Instagram. It's nothing <laughs> it's wrong. It's crazy. But it's not legal. It is legal. No, you have to have Dude, a if prescription. They have apps, if no. they have apps, it's got to be legal. Recreational use, Joe. Sure. Joe. I'm now, positive. yeah. Now it is. <laughs> oh, There's it? an app for it, bro. Oh, yeah. There's an app. Yeah. I hope we're not throwing Tro- Troy under the bus over here. No. You got the app. He's got the app. Yo, you walk through Oakland and all you smell is weed. Oh. Hold on. Shout to Sinaloa Tacos. Sinaloa Tacos. Oh, what are we getting oh. everybody to everybody yo, get shout outs no, on? No, no, shout, shout out to Sinaloa Tacos. tacos yo, we're, right. like, we're going to start a Let shout out tell tacos. Something. Those well, are I want some carnitas. Yo, the shit was no joke. Yeah. Right after, after the, the fight. fight. Yeah, well, everything's no joke no, right after the fight. No, no, no. He didn't make weight. Yo, they were fucking crazy. My brother flew in Friday morning. But he was high. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was. That's a fact. That usually. That's definitely a fact. Had, yeah, you know what? Everybody's, everybody's got stories about me, right? Uh oh. What about Nikki? Uh, Go ahead. What happened? Go ahead. So, well, speaking of which, you know, after this, we got to do the Milan stories, no? Because there were stories about you and Tommy Raynon, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, wait. No, no, hold on. One thing at a time. We had the story when Nikki fell down the stairs. That was a good no, one. No, 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 no. Well, can I know, please? Because I, I wasn't in Oakland, so I, need, I haven't seen the story. So, no. we're hanging out these these local spots, and, and the dude, Troy, was just so cool, so like hospitable. He's like, bro, you know what? I'm off tonight. I'm going to take you guys to a couple of different spots. So we go to one of his boy spots, a little lounge. They play some hip hop. It made us feel at home. And um, Nikki's like, "Bro, I want to smoke." And I'm like, "We'll smoke later." Like I like to smoke before I go to bed. I eat something, then I pass out. He's like, "No, I want to smoke now too, and then I'll smoke later again." I'm like, "Nick, <laughs> smoke, 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 smoke." So smoke. he tells the dude, he's like, "Yo, Troy, you got any weed now?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, bro! I always got weed. It's Cali, motherfucker." <laughs> he was hold on. He was the whitest black guy we, you ever met. That's in a fact. First of all, that is a fact. He was cool. He was awesome. Why we got shit on Troy? I'm just saying. No, so, he was awesome. But so he's like, "Hell yeah, dude! Let's go outside." So I'm like, "Nick, you're gonna get fucked up." Nah, nah, nah. I'm good. I'm oh, good. That shit's strong out there. He goes. He comes back, and you could tell by his face. It looked like he got hit with <laughs> a pipe. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. He was on. He was like. He was hammered. And I, and I, I was drank the, already. Right, and then he was I already drinking. And then I drank again. Right. Uh, so now Troy's like, yo, let's go to a couple spots up here. Bro, we're walking. <laughs> this motherfucker was walking like Adrian Broner when he got hit by Madonna. And he was doing the double steps. <laughs> bro, he, was, he was walking through Oakland. Like, he didn't know where the fuck he... He goes, bro, how long are we walking? I'm like, we went two blocks. <laughs> but to him, it probably felt like a fucking mile and a half. He turned into McLovin. Yeah. That shit had me stuck, bro. Yeah. I was and then stuck. later on, you were such a little pussy, too. We get to <laughs> eat, bro. I'm like, bro, let's eat. He's like, yo, I had the falafel bro. stand. I'm good. Oh, what bro. about what about uh what about Troy falling in the middle of the oh, street? He went south. <laughs> bro, he was making like he was making like he wasn't fucked up. He's like, bro, this is what I do, man. This is what I do. I'm like, all right, cool. We're in there getting drinks. I'm like, bro, you're taking us out. I said, we got the drinks. You know, you're showing us around. The drinks are on us. Drinks around the house. On the house. So now we're sitting there. 
all of a sudden he finds this this hot dog stand because I was like, hey, I'm like Troy, you know it's getting late. I said let's start making our way back to where we know where we are, and uh, he's like, yeah, totally, bro. He disappears for like a minute. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Cause I'm, I got my eyes on Nikki. I want to make sure he's all right. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, boom, and everybody goes, oh, yo, I look, he fell flat on his back. Like from the curb into the street with in a between, hot dog in his hand. In between two, <laughs> <laughs> he saved the hot dog. He saved the hot dog. Yeah. No, the hot dog. The hot and he dog had a beard. He had he a mustard all over his beard. But the hot dog saved. Yeah, no, yeah saved. that's like when you. Like, that's yeah. like when you attack me in the in the blizzard. I'm like, and yo. He had a cigarette in his hand and he fell face first <laughs> in the snow, but the, he had the cigarette up in the air and he saved the cigarette. Well, go ahead, Pete. I'm like, I'm like, bro, what happened? He's I run over. I'm like, pick him up. And he's like, nah, I'm cool, dude. I'm like, you're cool. You're fucking wrecked right now, bro. We walk. We started taking a cab, right? We took a cab home. He's out cold in the cab. I'm like, this yeah, poor guy's got to go done. home. He was done. Done. You try to make it home? I mean, did you guys check yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. yeah we no, we got him tickets fight. to the fight. He we came to the fight. Recreational, not, not California. You're wrong, Nikki. It's only medical. They haven't passed recreational yet. Yeah. But well, what about the app? But it's, so there's an app. You can have an yeah, app. He has, no, he the has. legal. The weed's not. Two point seven billion in sales in two thousand fifteen. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Save, wow. save, save, save the this. whole economy if you just make it legal in the whole country. Yeah, sure. So you Tax can. the shit out you of it. Can. Yeah. Especially when you got incompetent Democrats <laughs> running finances. You better, important, you better figure out ideas like this. Good point. The important thing or the reason why we were there obviously was for Junior's fight and that was on the undercard of Andre Ward. Versus this, Sullivan Barrera. Versus Sullivan Barrera. This was his first fight at light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked phenomenal. I thought he looked really good. Too. I thought uh, he's that fucking good. Mm-hmm. He really is. He's hey, just I, that good. You guys know I'm just a, I'm a fan. You, you guys are actually in the sport. From what is from a fan's perspective, I just thought he's so confident. He's so poised. Like he never looks like he's sweating. Like he always knows what he wants well, he to do. A, you know and what, he's not afraid to take a shot if he has to. You know what? People with slick boxers usually don't get enough credit for. And I noticed uh, on Saturday night, you know, Andre's a slick boxer. Um, he makes it count with his left hook. Obviously, he's a convert to southpaw. He had the knockdown against Barrera. But you know something that always gets lost in the mix with these slick boxers, with these intelligent kind of cerebral type fighters. Andre Wood has a mean streak that is so underrated. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's so a underrated. dog. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking that when I was younger about Pernell Whitaker too. Like, we used to talk about oh, Pernell's so boring. Pernell this. Pernell was so mean in there. Like that's the last guy you want to piss off. You know, he would beat the shit out of you and just look at you with no mercy and just continue to punish you. And that's kind of what Andre does the two. You know, when you think of like Mean Streets, you think of guys like killers like Miguel Cotto, Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin. You know, you think of Mean Streets, you think of knockouts, you think of, you know, right. taking people's consciousness away from them. But a Mean Streak is just a, a, that subtle meanness in there where you're not losing your mind, but it's that predatory mental state where you are just continuously punishing your opponent with no sympathy. You know what I'm saying? And and Andre Ward has that and it's so underrated because you never think of that when you think of good boxers. You think of that only with punchers. And I think, you know, it's something that uh, people have to open up to a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's part of what makes Andre so good. You know, it, have that. he's made all this money, he's been successful, uh, but he still continues to have that hunger to get better, hunger to be a better champion, hunger to be a bigger name. And you don't get there without staying mean in there, you know. What I mean, it's this is a mean sport. When the bell rings, it's mean. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of intangibles, obviously, but being mean is one of them. I can't wait for that Kovalev fight. I can't wait. I think it's gonna be a great fight. I think it will yeah, be a it great is. fight. He got cut. Uh-huh. He got caught with big shots, and he mm-hmm. still stood in the nigga's chest. 
Yeah, yeah, bro. He did. He, he did. It was great. Rough. Yeah. Let's see what. Uh, let's see if we, we got some phone calls. Taking over hey, the phones instead of set. Broke up to the world. Edie. Yo. How you doing? Good. How are you, pal? Good, man. This is a uh, Pete and Polly. Yes. Yeah, it is. Broke up to the world. You're on. You're Bro. on. You're on live and in, in in real time right now. Go ahead. Pure, perfect, perfect. All right, guys, how you doing? This is, uh, my name is Juan. I'm calling you guys from Tijuana. Tijuana? We got international callers. Boom! <laughs> What's up, bro? What's on your mind today? I hope you guys got the coronas out. We sure All do. Right, Peter's man. actually taking a swig as you're speaking. Hey, love that, love that. Support it. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, started, I've started putting this theory out mm -hmm. that I think if they ever fight, Canelo will get exposed by Triple G. Here's my thinking. Triple G's got the background, amateur background. I, I, don't, I don't think Canelo is in the, in the same class as him, to be honest with you. Oh. I saw Triple G take apart Lemieux with a jab, man. I, 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 know, I know Canelo's better than Lemieux. I just don't think he's that much better. Here's the thing. You're, I mean... I, I, uh, in some part of that, I agree. Some part, I don't. Here's the thing. I... I do think Canelo's a world-class fighter. I do, I do, th and I do think Canelo uh, Gennady Golovkin has the pedigree. Uh, you know, he, he's had the Olympic uh, experience. He was a silver medalist at the Olympics, and, and so forth, so on and so forth. Um, I also do think that the 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 biggest kryptonite Canelo has against opponents is he has difficulty dealing with jabs, and we noticed that even in the Miguel Cotto fight, where the biggest thing that troubled him. I don't. I think if it wasn't for such a disciplined jab from Miguel Cotto, Canelo might have been able to even get a stoppage in that fight. But Cotto continuously kept. Uh, Canelo off balance. Now, Golovkin has one kind of jab. It's a one heavy jab. So, one heavy jab at a time, I don't know if it's just enough to kind of expose Canelo. Uh, but at the same time, I do think Golovkin is a naturally bigger guy. You know, not that long ago, both of these guys were fighting a one way class less. You know, Golovkin, I remember fought Uma, what, what they fought at 54 with Uma, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Canelo obviously was fighting at welterweight. So, regardless, Gennady Golovkin's always going to be a, a bit more naturally bigger. Than Canelo, and that's gonna matter long run because both of these guys, neither of them is a guy that uses the ring or fights uh, in that uh, in that defensive manner. They both fight in a very offensive manner. So when it's two guys fighting in an offensive manner, usually you're giving the bigger guy the the edge because the bigger guy is usually gonna take the better shot because he's used to dealing with bigger guys and he's gonna be the bigger puncher because you know he's used to hitting guys who are his size, let alone a guy who's smaller. Now Golovkin is a naturally big puncher at middleweight in general, so I, I've, obviously I, I favor. Golovkin on, from a lot of angles, from a lot of different viewpoints in that fight. But I wouldn't say it's because he'd expose Canelo. I'd say it's because he has the he has the, the natural advantages, so to speak. What do you think, Pete? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's good. I think the first few rounds is uh, first few rounds. Canelo's gonna <clears throat> gonna have. I, I see him winning the first few rounds with Golovkin. Yeah, and then after that. Mm. After that, I think it Golovkin's size and everything is gonna gonna take that's, over. That's, that's, that's we're gonna we're gonna uh, agree to disagree on that one because I don't see Canelo actually winning the first few rounds. I think it's a slow uh, but subtle beating Golovkin puts on him because if Canelo gets too 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 aggressive against a big puncher, he probably gets hurt right away. Golovkin hurts everybody he hits, so I think if a junior middleweight's moving up to middleweight, he's gonna get hurt automatically from a big puncher like Golovkin. So you don't want to just go at. Golovkin without having a little bit of creativity to your offense. Not that Canelo doesn't have the creativity, but he doesn't have the defensive safety first measures to his offense. He has a killer measure to his offense. Yeah, Canelo, I, just think, Canelo, I just think he's gonna he's gonna warm up. GGG's gonna warm up after a few rounds and then start putting it on. I don't him think GGG's gonna allow himself Canelo to get hit that much. To, 
Line five. Line five. I, 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 I got to agree. Canelo's been trying to fight like Floyd a little bit, trying to be defensive, but he doesn't have Floyd's legs, and I think that's the big difference. I think he tries to stand like him and try to move, move the upper part of his body, but he stands flat-footed at the end of the day, and I think that's probably what's going to end up hitting him in the long run. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it'll, uh, the flat-footedness helps uh, you be a bigger puncher, and both guys, Canelo and Golovkin, are used to being the, the big puncher. Thanks for the call today, man. Well, we appreciate it, and I will hope to hear back from you soon. Say what's up to everybody in Tijuana. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Take care. Right, Take care. Next. Brooklyn to the world. Yo, what's going on, guys? What's You're up, on. Man? You're on live Paul. in real time. Go ahead. What's going on? Who's this? Where are you calling Perfect. from? This is Lance from Chicago. Actually, we spoke briefly last week. Um... After we went off, the, after you guys went off the air, Paul, I don't know. I'm not sure if you remember, Lance, but uh, my man, how you yeah, doing, buddy? Shy Town, we got love for <laughs> we got love for Shy Town here on Brooklyn to the World. How's it going? What do you? What's on your mind today? Appreciate it. Um, actually, I have a couple questions for you and like for the rest of the guys. Is Seth there too, or is it just you and Seth that? is here? We also got the Young God Junior okay. Union, and we got Nick Lupo in the house. We got a full house today. Uh, okay, all right, perfect, perfect. Not to be confused right, with um, full I house. Take a, oh, good. <laughs> I don't want to take up too much of uh, your guys' time, but um, you already yeah, did. Basically, Go ahead. I was, <laughs> I was, um, yeah. I wanted to know if after you were done boxing, like officially done, mm-hmm. are you? Um, did you think about doing anything like as far as like coaching or training? Uh, because I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. Let me let me tell you my backstory. Yeah, because I picked up uh, boxing a few years ago, mm-hmm. and. Um, and naturally, after you start boxing, you start watching it. And, like, the first I heard of you was, like, I saw you as an analyst. I was like, this guy's a fucking genius, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I found out, obviously, you were a boxer or whatever. And I was like, man, as good as a boxer this guy is, he might be as good, if not better, of a trainer. So that's why mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe you had that, like, uh, maybe in your future, like, if you thought I, about doing it. Like listen, I love, I love giving... Um, my input on technicalities of boxing, uh, just uh, knowledge in general. I love discussing. I love breaking down uh, the you know tactics and whatnot. And I, I you know I have no problem ever talking about it and whatnot. But as far as coaching, uh, I'm not sure I have the patience for it. Um, this is a very mm-hmm. very shysty business. Um, people think they're just watching a sport. They're watching a business uh, in a lot of ways before it's a sport. And um, you know a lot of times fighters get screwed over in the in the. In the uh, in the background, you know, you don't need, you don't notice it. Um, a lot of times, fans right, right. actually a lot of times fans actually take out takes take the wrong side when there is a a, a fighter versus a, a, a politician, so to speak, battle like the Andre Ward battle that was going on outside the ring. Everybody made like it was Andre Ward's fault that he wasn't fighting, you know. Um, so right, it gets right. frustrating because you know uh, you're you're teaching somebody to be in this business, and and the more they learn, the better they get, the more. They're gonna have their feet planted in this sport, in this business. And although I, I love boxing, and although it changed my life for the better, uh, for most people it does not. It is not a happy ending. And so, uh, and, and it's not a happy ending. And, and most people will end up not caring about the fact that it's not a happy ending. Most people will actually, like I said, take the wrong side. Even when you, the fans and people outside of boxing, you know, they hear part of the story and they decide to jump to their own conclusion. And most of the time, their, their conclusions are wrong. And you're not in a yeah. position to kind of explain it to them. It's just a a, a building block of frustrations and. Uh, it's just I I just rather not be on that side of the business anymore. I love commentating. I love broadcasting. I love breaking down tactics. Like I said, I love uh, even having discussions about tactics with people. It doesn't have to be um, on the air. You know, if you catch me on the right, side right. and you're discussing yeah. tactics, you know. But uh, you know, I I I can't uh, I can't deal with the with the 
the the headaches of uh, that come with training, that come with being involved in the business, and and mm-hmm. and, and then from the other side of it, dealing with the know-it-alls that you know, giving their opinions on on things where I know it's it's something's uh, going to be problematic, uh, and and I'm trying to like, maybe plead for help. You know, like for example, you know, people used to always come, people always I hear always hear complaints about the fact that I, I signed with Al Heyman after complaining about Al Heyman. Nobody helped from the other side. Nobody helped from the other side. And so when Al Heyman reached out to me to to sign with him and offer his help, I had been on the other side of that. I had tried to be on the other side of that because I had not been signed by Al Heyman before. And nobody helped. Nobody helped at all. Everybody just leaves you for dead. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a shit. They just leave you for dead. So when Al Heyman came and signed me and then backed up his words by making me money and getting and, and, and doing the best he could for my career, and, and be it inside the ring or outside the ring, I saw a real person. I saw a real individual. Unlike that I had seen before in boxing. So, And the fact that I received criticism for it, um, and to this day even received criticism for it, um, is one of those things where you just start to kind of turns you off from being on that side of the business in general, you know? And so I, I think I'll, I'm, I'll, mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I remain in this business, I, I love the broadcast part of it, and that's probably as far as I'll go, you know? But, uh, you know, oh. thanks for uh, the question, Lance. Well, I was going to say um, a follow-up question real quick. Um, for me, I noticed the hardest thing when when fighting or whatever, when boxing would be um, like fighting someone that you know or that you like. So I wanted to know, because like I said, I'm still fairly new. I mean, I've been boxing for maybe about three or four years, which is like nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, have you been? Have you ever fought anyone that was like you liked a lot or that you're really close to? And if you do, like how do you mentally like prep yourself for doing that um yeah you know in the amateurs i i fought uh guys that uh you know i knew a little bit even uh, uh the danny garcia fight I'm, I'm very cool with danny garcia you know and sometimes you just have to try to put that stuff as, uh, to the side and so it's some for some situations it's harder than others for some situations it's easier than others you know um you know uh unfortunately in the ring you have to have that mean streak whether you like it or not you have to forget everything and it's like i said I, i'm saying this is because it's the way it has to be i'm not saying this is because it's easy to do as even for even personally right, right. it's not easy to do but you have to take out the liking of this person you have to take out the relationship you may have had with this person outside the ring because you're both going after the same goal and you know if you're on the soccer field if you're on the football field it's the same thing really you know i see Players that are friends uh, are teammates on on, on soccer teams uh, and on professional soccer teams, and then they play for their national teams, and they're on opposite sides when they're playing in the World Cup, and they they're they're not liking each other, even though during the rest of the year they're teammates, you know. So it's it's kind of the same concept uh, in a, in boxing, and like I said, it's not easy to do uh, to have that mean streak with somebody you like, but it, it, you have right, no choice. Right. Either you do it or you're not successful. I mean, there's no other way to look at I it. I think I think it would be a lot easier to play soccer against someone you like and want to beat them than. Of course, no, no, I understand. You know, it's, yeah. it's a different level, but still, that that mean streak has to be there. Right? Competition has to right, has exactly, to bring a mean right, streak. Right. Without a mean streak, you cannot compete, and that's a difficult thing. Lance, thanks, thanks for, for your call today, buddy. We gotta take all the calls. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Bye-bye. I appreciate. Brooklyn to the world. Holy Pete. Yo, what up? What up? Um, You're live. What well, on? We're not live on the air, but we're live on the show. What's going on? What's your that's name? Where are you from? It's Dom from Pittsburgh. How you guys doing? We love. We got a lot of love for Pittsburgh. What was that? What's that pizzeria that always tweets us? That's great. Yes, that's, that's me. That, that's yours? That's yours? Yep. Oh, that's Don, me. what's up, man? What's going on? My I, manager loves you guys. I'm my man, I'm my manager keeps dinner. up with your tweets more than we do even. What's up, man? A lot of love I'm for you guys. How you doing? Right now. I'm in the middle of dinner now. I took time out to call you guys. Beautiful. Myself. We're, we're, we're glad we could be a part of your dinner. How's it going Good. over there in Pittsburgh? Is Thank it warming you. up? Excellent. Is it warming up over there? It's, yeah, we go back and forth, but it's getting good now. Getting good. No snow. We're all good. Good, good, good. What's your question today? 
Paulie, I wanted to tell you how, not that you care, but how I became, you're my second favorite fighter of my lifetime. Here's how. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I, in the 80s, my dad and I got to cut the end of the Boom Boom Mancini era, the Vito and the Firma, and always tell me great, about the great, great Italian fighters. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I'd ever have one in my lifetime, and then I was 15, and Arturo knocked out Wilson Rodriguez, oh. and that was it. I'm like, <laughs> you were 15. I, I was 15 when Arturo knocked out Rodriguez, too, with the same age. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then I thought I'd only have one, and then, boom, here you come, and I get two in my lifetime. So I got very lucky because I didn't think I'd get any. <laughs> well, thanks. No, no, I appreciate awesome. that. You know what's funny? Arturo was my favorite fighter as well. Mine, and, too. Uh, and uh, we miss him a lot. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to have fought on his undercard early in my career, and uh, I've gotten to meet him. And, uh, you know, even I was heard. lucky enough to get drunk with him a few times. Yeah, Peter, <laughs> yeah, Peter did the, that, Peter that did that the other side of it, you know. Peter <laughs> did the other side of it. But I was, uh, you know, he gave me encouraging words of, you know, um, uh, things I, I, I think the memories that I, I, I cherish because uh, it was a guy that, like I said, for the Wilson Rodriguez fight, I was just like you. I wasn't even boxing when I when he watched Phil Wilson Rodriguez. So I was literally in the same position as you, just an Italian kid who saw this guy and was just amazed with him and was just inspired um, by him, you know. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed for sure. Unbelievable. When you, you were the first, when you threw me off for about a six, first couple of times I saw you fight with your style. Because you were the first Italian didn't get hit with every punch that was ever thrown. You had like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, I realized cool. I realized I couldn't punch like Arturo, so I better figure out a way to to win fights without the without paying such a price. You know, you Arturo had the Arturo had the equalizer. You know, you could yeah. you get hit and then the he could knock you out. You know, like he did in the Rodriguez nah, you fight. You were great. You were great, Cotto. You was pro- hey. What are we talking about this week? Last week with Kovalev and Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you got to be nuts to think Kovalev wins that fight. Um, that, those those guys cut from that cloth. The Floyd Mayweather's and Andre Ward's and Roy Jones from you know that eight year run. He, them guys don't get knocked out. That's the only way Kovalev wins that fight. I think. Yeah, you know it's a it's a difficult fight though. I will say because the size does matter. You're moving up in weight. You're coming to Kovalev's territory now. So there's always that risk advantage. Uh, uh, Kovalev has. Uh, I think Andre's a more uh, versatile fighter. I think he's a more complete fighter. But Kovalev is not a Kovalev is not just a puncher. He's a guy who has uh, solid fundamentals and solid fundamentals can eventually lead to punches landing, you know? Um, he's not one of these wild punchers like, say, uh, Amaidana, who's a very good fighter in his own right. Kovalev has solid fundamentals. He's a big puncher. So uh, you got to be very, very alert for 12 rounds. you got to break him down. But he's also not going to mentally bow to you, even if you are winning the fight. So I expect a very good fight and, and, and some t- some tense moments in that fight for both guys. It, I, I really, really look forward to the fight. Yeah, I do, too. I think, I, so I think Andre, Andre actually has to be perfect in that fight. Um, which he can be because will be tough. He, he's he is, shown it. He's he shown is it perfect. So I mean, yeah. he can do it, but it's it's not easy to sit there twelve rounds and, what, and though, knock as, it hit. As a fan of the sport, that's a fight I look forward to. For Absolutely, sure. can't wait. That's going to be yeah. We're, I, that was. I mean, I get some of the UFCs here at the pizza shop, and that's going to be the first box one I'm going to look into because I think that'll be a big you know draw here. Not, not all you know to I me. Mean, it's not. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, we watch, we watch a little UFC here too. Last night I was watching Dancing with the Stars, which I don't always watch. I'm a, I, where was Paige Van Zandt? Why, why didn't I ever I hear this girl it's before? Unbelievable! Why didn't I ever hear this girl? Why didn't why, this girl gonna make a living getting punched in the face? She's too beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Paige Van Zandt. We love you here on Brooklyn to the World. Dom, thank you for your call. In the face any day. Dom, thank you for your call. Oh, go ahead. This week, the last thing though, you the sauce and gravy debate. Yeah. We use sauce and pilgrims use gravy, so that's that. I guess Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. Pete's giving you a hand, Dom. Pete's giving you a hand. We love. We love. I'm giving you a hand. If you were here, I'd give you a hand job. Thank you, Dom. Enjoy the rest of your day, buddy. We'll take all the calls. Take care, buddy. Bye, bye. Brooklyn to the world. No. 
What are we? What? Hold P- up. P- 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 Pete, P- Pete's got to take a Pete's drinking so many Coronas. We now have to take breaks during the show so Pete can go take Manga. a piss break. And he just hung up on our next caller. We'll be back. We'll be back after a, a brief break. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're back. We're back. All right, we're back. We're back. Uh, Pete, you good now? Yeah. How's your right. piss? Oof. We gotta talk about something, dude. Jane what do we gotta talk about? My bachelor party's coming up. Yeah. <clears throat> what, are we, what are we doing? I think we're gonna go and uh, I'm gonna go to busrental.com and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna rent a bus. That was very subtle. Nice, nice. That was very smooth. You really transitioned into that one, huh? You're right. Really, smooth is like your your middle name. You're like smooth criminal, right? Thank Michael you. Jackson, right? Exactly. Exactly. Peter Smooth. Peter right. Smooth. Peter Smooth. Like like opposite Peter Smooth is more like uh, it. Go ahead. So go ahead. Well, it's it's pretty awesome site though, because like you like last minute you need a bus, a limo, whatever you need. Like you just go to busrental.com, you tell them where you're going, what you need. Yeah, they, who who's gonna be my designated driver on the night of my bachelor party? I mean, come on. Everybody's going to be hammered. Hammered. So the best thing to do is you rent a bus, you have a driver, that's it. You're like You're Peter in. Griffin. Hammered. Hammered. Out of my gourd. Yeah, no, the, whatever you need it for, whether you need it for your, like, your little league team, for your kids, you want to you know, treat them to a, uh, get them all on a bus together, or you want to have a bachelor party on a bus, get a big-ass limo. It's also a U.S. coachways company. They're like They're legit. Like right. it's a real company, so it's not some like douchebags came up with busrental.com and started renting buses right. out, like a Partridge Family or something. <laughs> no, it's, it's really you can choose from a wide variety of motor vehicles, party buses, limos, and they'll accommodate small groups or entire team, whatever you got. They basically have you covered. If you need to get downtown or coast to coast, busrental.com will get you there safely and comfortably. It's that's, nice. That's what we need on on Pete's bachelor party. That's what we need definitely. Because Pete's been known to. Safe and go, comfortable. Go above and beyond during the, these kind of parties, one, to say the least. One bachelor party, this guy, he, he fell on the bar and chipped his teeth like the night before his wedding. Oh. Bro, wasn't that what happened? What Jared did that night when you were <laughs> hanging out? Can you tell the story, Pete? We're going to go into one of uh, the Pete's drunk night stories. God, I was in camp, so I, as usual, I missed a lot of these. But go ahead. What happened? Right before, I have to say, you, you'll save 5% using the promo code CBS Bus. CBS Bus. Yes. CBS BUS. That's correct. CBS BUS. We're going to have CBS Bus. We're have to use this thing right for the bachelor party. We should, that's we should get a bus. Not only gonna use it, we're gonna use the code CBS bus. Well, duh, we're gonna exactly. save some money. Bachelor you were talking you to Jew me? here. I'm gonna <laughs> save some dollars. Yeah, well, Paul is gonna save money. He's my hey, best man, so he's gotta, gotta hook all this shit. I gotta, I gotta. You know, Seth, I come to the Jews because uh, they know numbers. They're good with numbers. So oh, yeah. I'm going to come and, you know, hopefully CBS bus plus a lot of other things can help yeah. save some money for this bachelor party's extravaganza festivities. How's the speech coming? Goes above and beyond, trust me. How's the speech coming? The speech... I always shoot offhand. I gotta be honest. You know, uh, like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm gonna write a speech. Because then, if you write a speech, you off end the up, cuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta not, not, not so much off the cuff. Because you know, you kind of know what you're gonna do. I remember. You know what I remember? The boxing writers awards dinner a couple years ago. I, I, I did a Danny Jacobs speech off the cuff for his uh, award for uh, perseverance nice, for coming yeah. back from cancer. And uh, really, you know, like I, I felt like if I wrote it, it wouldn't have come out as good. You know, and. Uh, Either way, you know, a lot of times, uh, even when I work on TV, I don't write down notes. I just have like little viewpoints I want to bring out in my in my head, and I, and I I just kind of shoot them. That's kind of 
kind of what I intend to do for the speech as well. So the little sentimental moment, but that'll be my speech moment for uh, for the uh, shedding tears. Looking forward to it. I don't know about that, but it, it'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be nice. So okay, what were we getting into? Just oh, the the, the Jared Tooth story. Peter B. Oh, Hammond. Yeah, speaking so. speaking of which, Jared is expecting a kid any, any, any day now. Shout day out to now. Jared Prestaroni, our boy up on uh, Boston. Not Jared from Subway. Just no, be clear. No, just be no. clear. Definitely not. No, no, no. We don't. We don't even know that guy. But you know, Jared from Prestaroni, we do know him from Everett Mass. So go ahead. Yeah. So go ahead, Pete. So, uh, tell the story. We were out drinking as Jared, usual. Jared, by the way, is one of our big party friends. Like he did Miami. He used to do crowbar every weekend back in the day. Come down to New York, like big partier. He was a big partier too, but he was more of a big drinker than a partier. He would just be at the party. The Jared was actually a big partier. So go ahead. Right. No, the weekend, like the crowbar, we would go home and leave him there. Yeah. And he would stay till twelve noon. And I would get like a phone call <laughs> the next day while I'm watching Sunday afternoon football. And I, I'd get a phone call, and he'd still be in there with the music blasting, and he'd be like, what's up? And I'm like, you're still there, bro. But I went home. I sobered up. I, I went to sleep. I woke up. I ate brunch. I put on the football games. I'm on my couch right now chilling, watching football. And you're still where I left you 15 hours ago. We were each other. You didn't take any happy pills. That's why. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it was one of those nights where it, it wasn't so happy. I forget, I forget exactly what what Jared w- was going through uh, in his mind but it, we had come home from a night of just getting hammered hammered and uh and he was wrecked like wrecked and he's fucking he put, he kept like hitting my my table like I had this little snack table by my by my bed all the time because <laughs> after, after after the club we used to come home with snacks you know yeah. the food on snack, the go you know snack table by the bed yeah you well, know? like, it was in my room, and I just put it by my bed. And yeah, because, you know, you eat snacks. We would we, order from the diner. The, the, the custom in those days was to go out. We'd record the HBO fights at night. Back then, you didn't have TiVo. You'd actually have the VCR. And we'd record the HBO Showtime fights that night. Yeah. We'd leave for the club, and then we'd come home and, like, be all excited, like, whacked, excited, and, like, oh, let's check. The, you know, I remember, like, Klitschko Sanders. Right. But, you know, we came home, and we were, like, shocked that Klitschko got knocked out by Sanders. We didn't know the result. You know, so we came home, whacked. From yeah, a this is before party fucking Twitter and, and Instagram wow. yeah, where we, we didn't know everything. The result, you know, and you just come home and put the tape on, like, oh man, let's see what happened in this fight. And then we'd order food with it. We'd be because in New York you can get food twenty four seven, like a lot of other towns. And so, like, we just and you just be flipping out, you know. So go ahead. So continue now. So it was one of these days. Back to the, the story. Where, that was good. Uh, yeah, we, we were hanging out and we're doing something, and he he said something. And, and I was in training camp, so I missed this. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking smash this table," and I'm like, "Leave my table alone. That's my fucking food table. It's <laughs> <you know? laughs> my snack table, right?" <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Because he was hitting it With his hand Like just slapping it And I was like stop He goes I'll put my head Right through this fucking thing <laughs> So I'm like I'm like alright Joe So he He, he fucking By the way Joe in, in our little inside jokes Just so everybody knows Joe is like And our inside jokes Is like a, a little inside term We have for like A guido Or like a guido mentality Like if you're anything extreme Really tough Is a Joe Like and a lot of times Guidos were extreme back in the day Or just like an extreme person in general Where like If you have to drive 100 miles an hour In a 20 mile an hour street That's Joe It's too much You know oh. like So anything extreme is Joe Also like, could it stand for jerk off right. Not sometimes, sometimes. All those things are like And then the opposite behavior. of Joe Is like a Lloyd I don't yeah. know why we got Lloyd Because I actually have a friend named Lloyd But Geeks. Lloyd is basically like a geek Like the opposite of a Joe It doesn't want to take a chances hipster. Like, A hipster A hipster A hipster liberal You know that's like a Lloyd too <laughs> Very Lloyd mentality So go ahead So Pete calls him Joe Because he says I'm going to put my head through his He's table. like I'll so my fucking head right through this I'll put my head right through this fucking thing. And I'm like, 
I'm like, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> he smashes his face. His face, not his head. He puts well, his head. Well, he, put, I think he, went, he goes to headbutt the table, essentially. That was his plan. I think he, he aimed wrong. <laughs> he was so drunk, he aimed wrong with his head, trying to headbutt the table. And he, he comes up and he goes, fuck! With his Boston accent. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And he puts his finger in his mouth and he comes out with two chips from both of his front teeth. <laughs> and I'm like, are so you So he went to headbutt the table with his forehead and he ended up headbutting it with his mouth. <laughs> and now he's... You never, you never win that one. Now yeah. he's livid because his two front teeth are fucking chipped. Yeah, it's like white trash. Yeah. Right. He's like, what the fuck? Now he's like Joe Dirt instead of just Joe. <laughs> <laughs> now he's fucking losing his mind. Fuck, my teeth, fuck. So I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I got to save them. I got to save them. <laughs> My buddy could laser them back on. I'm like, throw them out. You, you, you're done. You got to get new teeth. No, no, no. He ends up being so whacked, he just puts his head back. I think I got him like an ice pack or something. Some crazy glow? But he puts his head back. He falls asleep. He wakes up the next day. He looks at me. And I'm like, I didn't want to say anything because I knew like, he's. Now he's sober. So. <laughs> and now you talk about like metrosexual, somebody who's very into themselves. Uh, Jared, Jared, Jared is Jared. exactly that, the yeah. epitome of that. He has the nicest clothes I've ever seen. He's always used to uh, bang a lot of girls, right? But now you're missing you two fucking fronts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're not banging so many girls if you're so, missing your two fronts, <laughs> right? So I didn't want to say anything and I didn't want to laugh because we had just, you know, we woke up and I was just like. What's up, bro? You all right? And he looks at me. He goes, can you take this, though? <laughs> he points at his mouth while he's pointing at his mouth. Can you take this right now? Goes, now he's sober. It's sinking in. They just knocked out his own teeth last night. He goes, buddy, I look like a white trash fucking hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jared. Our boy Jared. He's expecting, and his girl's expecting a kid any day. It'll be his first kid. Any so, day. Um, um, Shout out to... Big Jared. Yeah, Big Jared. What fights got coming up this weekend? Well, actually, I wanted to touch on something that, that happened uh, the same day as Andre Ward, but it was earlier because it was in the UK. Kel Brook. Kel Brook fought. Kevin um, Bezier. Kevin Bezier. He, he smashed through him, right? Who is so that? Kid from Canada. He lost a mandatory spot to JoJo Dan the year before. Who? I'm the kid JoJo Dan beat before he fought Kel Brook. He's being, oh. a, he's being Joe. I'm being a little Joe. Yeah, you so, are being um, right. But actually, on a serious note, Aside from that fight, there was um, Nick Blackwell versus uh, Chris Eubanks. Eubank Jr. Uh, for the it was like the middleweight uh, British title. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, Nick Blackwell had made I think this was his third defense. Mm -hmm. So um, you know it was a it was a good fight. You know it was tough, and unfortunately, what happened was uh, Blackwell, Blackwell up ended hurt. up uh, getting hurt in the fight and and, and then going into a coma. Right. Uh, he's in a, in a coma now, and there's actually a GoFundMe that I retweeted. So if you guys are out there, UK, I'm sure you guys heard about it. But I think everybody got to get behind, get behind our fellow uh, boxer. boxer because this is something that is no joke. Um, I don't want to come off harsh when I say this, but I watched the fight, and to me, I, I hate I hate Monday morning quarterbacks. I hate people that. After the fact, what is, yeah. right? You know, after the fact, oh, the ref should have stopped it. His corner should have stopped it. This one should have did this. I've watched a lot more brutal and intense fights than this one. 
not to say, listen, the kid got hurt. Obviously, it's a fact. He got hurt. Everyone's I mean, different, right? It's, it's, uh, it's yeah, just, and, and you know what it is? You can't stop fights just because one right. guy's losing. If one guy's totally not punching back and it's okay, but you, just because one guy's losing, you, if you stopped all the fights that you have one guy losing, you'd never have these come from behind knockouts and stuff like that, you know? So, or, or you got to give a, on a world class level, you got to give a, a fighter a chance to turn the, the ship around because sometimes they do. And you if know? this is the case, then Mayweather would be forty nine and zero with like forty nine knockouts. Because yeah. if you stopped everybody that he was beating up, yeah, then everybody every fight would have got stopped. Yeah. I mean, the kid Blackwell got a ton of fucking balls and a ton of heart. Mm-hmm. He showed that he belonged in there. You know, there's there's levels. There's, uh, even Tyson Fury, I heard an interview with him. Everybody knows how I feel about him, but he made made a lot of sense when he said. You know, maybe Blackwell, because he was there supporting Blackwell, his, one of his mates. Um, and he said, you know, Blackwell is very good at the English level. And I think maybe Eubanks showed that he is on a world level. Eubank. Eubank. Yeah. So. Banks is cousin. So, um, you know, like, it just, there's different levels to the shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Blackwell tried. You know, he's listen. At the end of the day, you're middleweight listen, British boxing, champion. Boxing is a sport where you're gonna take a risk. And I know everybody. Every time somebody gets hurt, you want to. Everybody's looking for to blame the the, the point of blame finger at somebody. Um, I remember with the uh, Richard 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 Colon and uh, and uh, Terrell uh, Terrell Williams the fight uh, last year. You know, and uh, you know everybody was blaming somebody. Oh, Terrell Williams was punching behind the head. Oh, the referee allowed it. You know. Dude, that's that's the way boxing is. It's combat at a high level, and there's always fouls in every single fight, whether you notice them or not. I mean, it's, sometimes when somebody gets seriously hurt, then the, the fouls you start to notice them. Like, oh, you know what? They should have enforced that, but they don't enforce that, and nobody ever complains until somebody gets hurt. Maybe if you want these rules starting to be enforced, complain about them when nothing happens, and maybe these referees will start to enforce them every single time. But if you only complain about it in the rare times that somebody gets hurt. Then there's nothing that's gonna happen. The Prashar Colon and Terrell Williams fight, yeah, there was a lot of rabbit punches. Yeah, there was. There's always there's a lot of rabbit punches in a lot of fights. You watch my rematch with Love Morendo. Every time we got to a clinch, I get hit with 20 rabbit punches. Mickey Van was a spectator. Did that mean Mickey Van was a shitty ref? Probably. Did it mean <laughs> Mickey Van shouldn't have been refing? You know what? Mickey Van refereed a lot of fights. I didn't complain to him. If he doesn't do his job, it's not my job to tell him to do his job. It's my job to deal with it as a fighter because I that's what I signed up to do. I signed up to be a fighter, so I deal with fouls. I deal with combat. That's what we do. So from that perspective. You can't put the blame on somebody else every time somebody gets hurt because this is the way this is what we sign up to do. This is what we sign up for. It's a sad reality, unfortunately. It's a sad reality. But for the Blackwell fight, Pete said he saw the fight. He felt it was, you know, Blackwell was showing enough heart to not stop him. You're doing a disservice to the fighter a lot of times if you stop him when he's trying to still win the fight. You know, obviously in this case it might have been better. Um, Terrell Williams and Prashar Cologne, same thing. The fight was the fight was competitive. You know, you can stop that fight until it was stopped. Sometimes you do have a blame. Like, the referee for the Gerald McClellan-Nigel Ben fight, I right. think, sucked. I think the guy absolutely sucked. I think he's got no business being a referee. That guy's I, a criminal. That guy's me. a criminal. To the, that guy's responsible for what happened to Gerald McClellan. But, you know what? Sometimes it's not always the referee. Listen, referees most of the time are just spectators. They don't do shit. Then when they don't do shit to the extent to actually fuck up a fight, to where you're giving long counts to, to Nigel Ben around one and doing crazy shit like that, yeah, then, obviously... You know, you, it becomes criminal because maybe later on the fight wouldn't have happened the way it did. But for fights like the Cologne Williams and Cologne fight, or or the uh, the Blackwell, Blackwell and Eubank fight, you know, it's different because the fights are still up in the air to that degree. Maybe Eubank was going to win and he was well ahead, but Blackwell's still trying to win the fight. You know, you can't just tell him he's not 
fit to continue anymore unless he decides he's fit to continue. It's just a part of the risk we take. It's unfortunate. It really is. It's a sad reality. But this is part of the risk we take when we get in there as fighters. Right. Luckily, with your fight with, with Endo, nothing ended up happen happening to you where you, you you were in a coma, knock on wood. But, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to go through every fight and yeah, analyze it. Yep. Right. You know, this kid Blackwell, yeah, he was losing 100%. And they, they want to criticize his trainer, Gary Locke. Gary Locke was a fighter. Maybe yeah. Gary Locke is looking at it like, I've been through worse. I've been through tough situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he's got to fight forward. You just can never call it really how it's going to happen. Right. Every, and fighters again, are susceptible to different amounts of punishment. Right. And it could be one freak shot that and it's nobody a sad knows. Reality. It's a sad reality. Right, it's horrible. But we watch, right? We watch, right? I wouldn't ban boxing. You know what I mean? I, I think it saves enough people. I think some people are better off with boxing than without, than without boxing, regardless of the risk that's involved. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's a risk you have to take sometimes. You know, it, it's a risk that's involved and sometimes people are going to get hurt and this is not going to be the last fighter to get hurt. He's not the first one. He's not going to be the last one. Hopefully, he comes out of this coma. We, you know, Nick Blackwell's in our prayers, is in our thoughts, as is Prishar Cologne, who's still in a coma. But you know, we'll, uh, you know, we just hope for the best every time we get out there. You know, and I want to, I want to mention something too because Eubank Senior, right? This video of him. Mm. Kind of telling his son to step off the gas. And people actually criticize this because they're like, oh, I don't think it's as much of a humanitarian effort as you think it is. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing you have to understand on, from a combat perspective. And I, and I always, I feel like I do a pretty good job of, ex of explaining the deeper levels of this to people. And then they can follow along as they want to when I commentate. I'm going to try to explain this to you as the best way as possible. Eubank Sr., could it have been that he's saying, you know what, we can't get this guy out of there to the head, we gotta go to the body? Yes, it could have been that he's just changing tactics because he's, he's not getting the knockout. But in the, in the way he's explaining it to his son in the corner, he's saying, I don't know why the referee's not stopping it. He's like, as if saying he should be stopping it at this point. But he's not stopping it. So what you're gonna do is, you're gonna go to the body, you're still gonna stop him, you're gonna go to the body instead of the head. Now that does, now sometimes you do get instructions to where a guy's taking such a good headshot that you do get instructions saying, you know what, you gotta get to the body, slow him down to the body, Sometimes when you get hit with enough body shots, it makes you not want to fight anymore. Maybe it fatigues you. So Eubank, to one degree, yes, he's given tactical instructions to go for the knockout in a different way. But the fact that he said the referee is not stopping it, I don't know why he's not stopping it. And the fact that he said, stay away from the head, we're only going to go to the body. That shows you that he's thinking a little bit deeper than just getting the knockout only. Well, you, can't, said you can't take your foot off the gas and tell your son to give your son totally negative instructions. You can't do that because you don't want to cause your son to fight or you cause your fighter to fight. You can't, you can't expect Eubank. Eubank's not going to put it out to you in plain English. Hey, listen, I don't want to kill this guy, so just don't hit him. Like You have to read between the lines. For people who can't read between the lines, unfortunately, that's your problem. Because reading between the lines, you can kind of see where he's going with this. He's realizing Blackwell's going to get hurt before he sees it. And here is what's amazing about that. that was, the instructions themselves are not so amazing. As much as it is, we talked about Mean Streak all this show earlier in the show. We talked about the Mean Streak you have to have in the fight. Your brain is in a different place when you're in a fight. Your brain, yeah, people are going to say, oh, Paul, you're not a big puncher. What do you know about Mean Streak? Mean Streak is not necessarily having to do with being a big puncher. Mean Streak is that place you take your mind where you have no sympathy. You have no remorse. You could care less what has happening to the guy in front of you in the middle of that competition. You have, you are brainwashed. You are, your brain is in a position to not care one inkling about this person that is in front of you. You only have damage on your mind. Seek and destroy. It's, and, and it's, it's on a professional level, meaning you're not doing it in a, in a, crazy way you are like a predator you are you are setting traps to destroy this person now to take your mind and 
and take it out of that place where it's supposed to be is so difficult. You do not even think about it. Like a guy can be dead hurt in front of you. You are still going to pursue hurting him worse. You don't, the, the thought just doesn't come to your mind that, hey man, I might kill this guy. Until, you know, you've seen once in a while guys look at referees like, hey, you gonna stop it or, what, or not really. You know, that's like when it's to that point where it's like, all right, this fight should be stopped. But for the most part, you do not tell yourself, you know what, let me step off the gas because you know what, um, I'm, I might be hurting this guy too much. No, because in that moment that your killer instinct is telling you, dude, you better get this guy out of here no matter how much he's hurting because if you don't, the more he's in the fight, the more the, the more time he has to land a big shot. No matter how, how much you're winning by, if the fight's still going on, you can still lose it it's because that's how boxing is. It's you and me. Yeah, it's you and me. And Blackwell and, was trying. And if trying. I'm in the ring with you, you can still take me out even if I've won every second of every round. I can still be taken out with one shot. So if I can get you out of there, I'm going to get you out of there. If I continue to punish you and take the fight out of you mentally and make you not want to fight anymore, make you not want to try anymore, I'm going to do that. I don't care how much it punishes you. So... You have to understand how amazing it is for Eubank Sr. Maybe it's because he went through it with Michael Watson. For him to recognize this and somehow still manage to give instructions to his son. Because you, like I said, you can't just give negative instructions to your son totally because he's got to still try to win the fight. But still give the instructions in a way where he's giving purposeful instructions, but at the same time trying to help Nick Blackwell. It's a very tough balancing act you're playing right there. He's not going to put it for you, out for you on a platter, dude. You have to translate this. Eubank is not going to just say, hey, listen, we don't want to kill this guy, so don't touch him. You, it's not going to be in plain English, guys. You have to read between the lines of the instructions. You're never going to have those instructions in the corner, I'm sorry to tell you. So... But as much as you're never going to have the instructions in the corner, this is about as close as you're going to get to ever seeing them again. This is you. I, I'm, I'm assuring you, you will probably never hear these kind of instructions again in the corner, and they're not being appreciated enough. I cannot believe, I couldn't believe, I had to listen to it with my own ears, because if I didn't listen to it with my own ears, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it myself. I listened to it with my own ears, and I thought... Man, I never thought I'd see the day when I hear something like this. I probably will never see or hear something like this again. Because it's not wrong to try to continue to go for the kill. It's not wrong to have no sympathy in your mind in that in the middle of that ring, in that competition. It's not wrong. It's just the risk we take as fighters. You have no sympathy for your opponent. But at the same time, for you to think that in that moment of crisis, in that moment of... Because even if you're winning, you're in crisis. You're in a fight. So to, to think that even in that moment of, 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 of battle... I, I thought that was very impressive, and I, I don't think you, I, 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 I'm hearing people criticize the instructions of Eubank, basically saying, hey, they're trying to give too much credit to this guy. I give him all the credit in the world. I give him all the credit in the world for thinking of them. I give him all the credit in the world for putting them in the proper context in that one minute he has between rounds, because you got to put them in the context of, hey, bro, you can't give up on this fight. You got to still win this fight somehow, but you can't just give, you know, but you got to, at the same time, not, not kill this kid. You know what I mean? We got to, we, somehow we're going to balance this out. And and, and, and and they put it perfectly. I, I can't give enough credit to it. Shame on anybody that's criticizing. Really, shame on anybody that's criticizing Eubank for this. He said, he said, that I don't know why the fight hasn't been stopped. He said, what's going to happen? You know, you, you're going to let, the, we're going to let this fight keep going. The ref hasn't stopped it. I don't know why he hasn't. He goes, well, what's going to happen? You're going to continue and you're going to hurt this kid. He said, so we don't want it to go to the judges. For whatever reason, the ref is, is allowing it to go on. He goes, but you're going to stop him. He goes, but you're not going to stop him to the face. You're going to stop him to the body. Yeah. It's it's exactly what you said. He, because he even if you make a consorted effort to go to the body, you never abandon the head completely. 
You never do. But regardless, if you if you decide, okay, you know what? We can't get him out to the head. He's he's taking a good headshot, but he's not going to take a good body shot. Maybe you make a more concerted effort to get to the body. But you still never abandon the head completely. You never do. It's just not part of the equation. It's just crazy that it was on his mind. Yeah. That the point. fact that he thought about it in that moment. That's what's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, here's a fighter. He's, so he understands. In that moment, that does not cross our mind as fighters. It does not cross our mind in the corner. It just doesn't cross your mind. And if you, it's, it's just the killer instinct is it's totally one-sided in that moment if you think about it you would rather if you would expect to hear it you wouldn't expect to hear it from a former fighter either. yes because he knows the way it is to exactly. be in that killer instinct so but also the credit i give eubank is maybe the michael watson maybe michael watson getting hurt getting hurt by chris eubank 25 years later maybe it may have saved nick blackwell in a fucked yeah. up way maybe chris eubank hurting michael watson May have saved may have saved Chris Eubank because may may have saved Nick Blackwell because it allowed Eubank to have these thoughts in his mind to give these instructions as opposed to maybe if Eubank had never hurt Watson twenty five years ago maybe Nick, he doesn't give those instructions and maybe Blackwell takes more headshots and he's hurt worse today we'll see if Blackwell comes out of this coma they're saying he's in an induced coma and they can get him out of it pray for him that he does and hopefully he does and if a happy ending comes out of this I tell you in a weird way. Michael Watson's injury, something positive comes out of it. If, if yeah. you can take anything positive out of it, you know, besides Michael obviously living through that, you know, uh, it's I find it pretty amazing. We're all a brotherhood in this sport. It's a it's a brotherhood of of of, of battlers, warriors. Um, we, we all know the risks we take when we get in there, and uh, I think this was very very deep. This was very very deep, but kind of emotional when I when I when I listened to that those instructions for the first time, knowing what had already happened to Blackwell. Um, I, I I think you know just shame on anybody who criticized Eubank and criticized the even the thought that this was a uh, uh, humanitarian on his part because I thought it was amazing because your mind is nowhere near thinking these thoughts in that battle mode that it's in. Yeah, absolutely. And the guy's a gentleman, and the way he said it was a gentleman. And they they interviewed him at, uh, afterward or the day after, and he said the first thing I thought of was was Michael Watson. Yeah. That's the first thing that came to his mind, and and even for his son. It, you know, like, God forbid you hurt somebody mm -hmm. permanently. Mm -hmm. That's something that never goes away. Remember Boom Boom Mancini took, yep. you know, took oh. time off. Yep. All these guys, Ruelas' brother. Um, yep. Gabriel. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he wanted his son to have that on his conscience either. You know what I mean? Like, but, and again, now, now to, to this credit, I saw it on my phone on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So if I was there... Maybe some of the shots sounded a little harder than, you know what I mean? Maybe were more effective. Maybe there's something that Senior saw, yeah. you know, that we don't see. Yeah. But again, for everybody to criticize Gary Lockett, the ref, I, I just think that they're way off on this one. You know, yeah, This is boxing, and it, it'll never become totally safe. And we will always watch it and, and, and should always love the fighters that do it because it's a big risk you take every time. And it'll always be entertaining. It will always be entertained by it because as fans, you know, we have that bloodthirst in us. And you know what? I don't think that's wrong. You know, I think people have been watching battles and fights for the, you know, history of mankind and they continue to love fighting. So I don't think fans are wrong. I don't think it's wrong for the fighters. Um, but I, it will always be dangerous. Blackwell's not the first one to get hurt. He won't be the last. But hopefully, you know, we can, you know, the less it happens, the better. But this is the sport we're in, unfortunately. All right, guys. 
We're going to wrap it up for today. Yeah. Seth is throwing, throwing us out. He, you're throwing <laughs> us, as they used to say in Benson, you're throwing us out. Yeah, you're throwing, throwing us out, out, of the, out of the office. We got another podcast coming mm-hmm. in here. So we, we can't uh, take up all the time. Like in well, Goodwill Hunting. You're chucking me? You're chucking us. Fuck you. You're chucking me? You're chucking us, right? With Boston accent. You're chucking us. Give us five stars on iTunes. Leave your comments. Yeah, give us some five stars on iTunes. Give us your comments. Positive, please. Don't jerk us around. If you don't like us, just don't listen to us. It's very simple. We got plenty of listeners. We got plenty of lovers over here. You know, we we love you. We love you back. So, uh, iTunes, give us five stars. Check us out. Subscribe. Paulie Malinaji, Peter Cards, Brooklyn to the World. Follow the boys on Twitter. We thank uh, we thank uh, Junior Union. Give your give your uh, social media right now. At tyg63 on Instagram. At jydoesit on Twitter. And, yes, and you know, give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And Nick Lupo, go ahead, give you Twitter. And Nick Lupo, too, far on Twitter and Instagram. Boom. That's very simple. Same Twitter, same Instagram. That's how we do. He's still give high. him a follow. And he's not still hired. So Nick looks good. Nick's, <laughs> nah, Nick, Nick's chilling. Uh, Nick's chilling. chilling. And uh, Seth, Seth the Twit on yeah, Twitter, right? That's right. Boom. Boom. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your calls. We'll try to get in some more calls next week. Uh, we gotta try. We're still trying to figure out this whole call thing. We're, we're, we didn't realize we were as popular as we were. Let we'll, us know, we'll let us know your opinion. You want us to do uh, two days a week? And let just, us know. Hit yeah, us up. Let us know if you want us to do two days a week and we'll do just one episode of just calls and there's one episode of just ranting like we love to do. Um, you know, give, give us your opinion and uh, see what... Maybe we gotta. Maybe we, that's what we gotta do. Seth doesn't want to get an extra day's work in. My opinion is no. Seth's opinion is no. Well, we have to. We have to uh, get you in from Miami. How are we yeah. Do that? Well, well. Uh, when I get to Miami, oh. can I? Can you? What he's trying? He's sending me. He's already emailing me to Miami. Damn, he's throwing us out. He's throwing you out of the state. He's throwing me out of the office. He's throwing me out of the state. I believe this guy. You believe this guy? Last week I christened his son. You believe this guy? Last week he asked me to christen his kid. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. We love you. It's Brooklyn to the World. Pulling my own IGP to cards. We're out of here for episode 48. Boom.